Hello, and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast, where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate grape soda. My name's Kyle, and today I hate finding one sock. So, we're recording in a little bit of a different fashion today. In the past, we have used... What's the platform? Discord. Kyle? Discord. I was thinking Mumble, but that's a different one. So, we've been using Discord, which I had never used before, and Kyle... Like, people use it online to play games. I don't know. I don't play online games. I'm an old yeah. man. But uh, we get, like, really bad uh, connection issues to where I have to go back and re-edit things because the sync loses its sync, and it's just really tedious. And so we're trying out Google Hangouts, and because of that, we're on video now, so we can see each other. And so I have a feeling – we'll see how this goes. We'll see if this helps or hurts our – podcasting because like if i'm watching you and myself as i'm talking it's distracting so i just i want to be able to like focus everything in on the podcast well yeah i mean i'm just so damn handsome how can you help but be distracted that's what it is it's your visage yep you nailed it (laughs) (laughs) that's the right word visage (laughs) i also have to admit that my um today i hate was going to be different but once we logged on, Kyle decided to crack open a grape soda. I'm, I'm over here drinking water like a healthy human being that's preparing to, you know, speak for two hours straight. And Kyle cracks open a grape soda. Okay. Now, I love the kids I work with to death. They are fantastic, and they fulfill my life emotionally. That tone of voice, but, like, if, if you start anything with that tone of voice, <laughs> there's the biggest butt coming. Like, <laughs> like just this fat lady on a subway, just, like, where her butt is flowing over the seat. Like, that is how big of a butt. You know, I, I love it. Da, 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 da. There's always a butt coming. No offense if you are a fat lady listening to this on a subway. Um <laughs> But I, I love my kids, and like we talked about this before. I start off every work day with a bottle of water, mm-hmm. and then I have I've been bringing like an Arnold Palmer in a can to uh, for lunch and stuff, and then I finish my water bottle throughout the day. So I had my bottle of water for the day. I'm home. We're recording this on a Friday, so I finished my first full week with like all the new kids that are in my special needs room. Oh, okay, I, I, I need. Yes, I I, I, I need to crack open was, a cold one. This was the first week of school for you. Yeah, and my cold yeah, okay. one is just a soda because I <laughs> I crack open a, lot a cold last one with weekend. the boys. <laughs> yeah, grape soda. <laughs> Bevies with the boys. Um, so I, I I drank a lot last weekend. So my cold ones for this weekend are all going to be sodas. Well, I mean that's wor- like well, that's worse for you than beer. Soda is no, worse for it doesn't you hit your beer. liver in the same way. Yeah, I mean, but if you're having a couple of beers on the weekend, that's not doing anything to you. Like, in, you're not an alcoholic drinking a couple beers every weekend. Yeah, that's true. And I also feel duty-bound as your older brother to educate you on life. You're supposed to drink more than a single bottle of water a day, dude. Like, start, starting like, out your morning with that, that's great. Not not needing the caffeine kick, which you talked about last week, or last episode, that's really good. I'm, I'm glad for you. But drinking a single bottle of water is not enough, man. I would like to, they don't say, I would like to know how much actual water is in soda. Like, in a can of soda. 
because then I could say like, oh, I drank three bottles of water and then like a little tiny, like tiny, like four point font with an asterisk um, <laughs> equivalent. <laughs> so like three bottles of water equivalent today. <laughs> I Yikes. wish I knew. Well, we're oh. already so far off the rails because I can like see you sitting there with your stupid purple can. <laughs> what what brand what brand of soda is this that you're drinking? Crush. Okay, if crush if grape. I was going to drink grape soda, it would probably be a crush. But I wouldn't drink a grape soda because it's poison. That's not it's, true. It's, it's like in a can the worst and therefore kind can of never cough medicine you. flavor. Ugh. It's so yeah, bad. It, you know, it has. Yeah, there are there are echoes of cough medicine. I will agree. Yeah, that's but what I want. Just, I'm that's so nice not and refreshing. Picky. Twelve ounces of cough medicine. I'm not picky. I just need the burn. I need to feel like <laughs> layers of skin in the back of my throat are decomposing and peeling off as from I the drink. sugar. <laughs> yeah, and the carbonation. That's all I need. I just and then like I need to drink a lot of it at night before I go to bed, so I wake up. With just like the worst stomach cramps, and because it's like it's been sitting in my in my stomach all night, so it's like seven ulcers, like oozing just soda carbonation back into my stomach. You're like yeah. the villain from the original Power Rangers movie, <laughs> just oozing purple goo. <laughs> Grape soda. What was that dude's name? It was something I don't dumb. Know. Every villain in the series is fucking <laughs> yeah, dumb. Okay. That, okay. Have we talked about the new Power Rangers movie? Um, I think we talked about it briefly a couple episodes ago because I had recently seen it. But go for it, man. Like we're 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 seven minutes into this fucking thing. <laughs> Just tell me, tell me about the Power it's, Rangers movie. Like, it, it it it's like they know how stupid Power Rangers is, and so they half-heartedly set out to be like self-deprecating or like self-referential. And like very like like I don't know what whatever it's it's a bad fucking movie it's not good it's really terrible and like the way they portray like the witch what is her name M- Mina uh Rita Rita Repulsa Rita Rita Repulsa that's right and like even the names in Power Rangers are really stupid and yeah. but like they use them. With kind of like the self seriousness, and it's hard to tell if sometimes it's clear they're making fun of themselves, and then like something happens where you're like, wait, were they really making fun of themselves, or right. is this like self serious? Like it, it, it kind of alternates between those tones throughout the whole thing. I don't think it comes off very well. No, I did not find that to be a successful reboot of the franchise whatsoever in any category like the characters weren't particularly interesting if they wanted to take no. it with a more serious route and you're right there were a lot of like self-referential pieces where like they knew how stupid it was but even that kind of fourth wall breaking nature i didn't think worked it just it was the action wasn't good the effects were bad it just i mean it was just a garbage movie all around yeah that's a that's a shame. They have Bill Hader as the robot. Yeah, and, Alpha, um, Alpha 5. Yeah, Same. and... B- 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 Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, thank you. Mm-hmm. Knew it started with a B. 
yeah mm-hmm. for Zordon and Elizabeth yeah, Banks and like, is Rita Repulsa I mean she's a great yeah. actor too and she likes I mean I feel like this was the next logical step from her character in Hunger Games which was like that just that super over the top ridiculous character yeah uh, it makes sense why she took this on because it's I mean I could see from her perspective like it could be a fun movie to do and she certainly went for it uh I don't think it worked but she certainly went for <laughs> no. it it yeah. did not work. <laughs> so uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's let's get back on track. So there's something that I wanted to chat about before we dive into like what's been going on. So I've been having this thought recently as I'm kind of thinking about. I've been having these weird thoughts lately. <laughs> uh, as I've been thinking about like the direction for Shay hates everything and the stuff I want to focus on, and just that video games are such a big part of my life and such a big escape for me. And I want to keep that going. And we talked about, I think it was last episode, that there are all these great games that have come out this year. And me personally, I'm just not that interested in a lot of them for whatever reason, because of the genre or whatever else. And so I was just thinking about it. And I was like looking at the list of games that I've played this year and the games that are yet to come this year. And while there are like certainly some big hitters on there, there just aren't a ton of games that like I felt like I needed or wanted to play and even looking back the last couple years i felt that trend like looking back to like 2012 2013 where i was like just out of college um i wasn't focused on my quote-unquote career as much there were so many games that i played all the time and now i just don't feel that and it's not even because i'm busy it's just because i like and like i don't even want to say it out loud because it terrifies me but i feel like my like just general interest in video games is like slowly decreasing and that like makes me afraid because i don't want that to happen yeah i think i i definitely i've been feeling the same thing i think it's it's not a general interest waning it's that and i think this is natural it's games aren't different enough anymore like they're all setting out to accomplish most of them are setting out to accomplish a lot of the same check boxes mm-hmm. like open world rpg elements character driven action game blah blah right. blah like they all set out to accomplish effectively the same thing and it doesn't really matter how interesting the story is if you're playing basically the same game over and over again like that i mean that just gets so old and yeah i mean it's not like i, I think that's natural i think that's a part but- of life you know we try to move on to new experiences and eventually find a way to uh when things become palatable again return to things that we were interested in before or used to be so it's but it's like we're not getting a break you know Mm -hmm. like they just Mm -hmm. keep pumping out the same thing over and over and over again even movie wise like especially superhero movies it's all it's the same shit over and over and over again sure um, but I feel like it it hasn't been that way so much for me with like movies and TV shows. Like I'm still even more so than I used to be really wanting to watch a bunch of new stuff and like watch really make an effort to watch all these awesome TV shows that there are out there. But with games, like my instinct is to stick with the things I know I like. Like you know, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy just came out and. Like, I was super excited to play that because I knew it would be familiar. Like, it felt, like, safe. Like, I knew I would like it. I wasn't taking a chance on it. 
versus right. a lot of other games were like like a near automata. Like I played the demo for that. It was cool. I had a lot of, you know, cool ideas. Um, and I heard that it was good, but it's just one of those games like I'm probably never going to play it just because I don't want to invest the time and like hearing that it takes multiple playthroughs to get the story. I'm just like, ugh, no, I just, I just don't want to. And the old Shay would not be that way. And that just bums me out. Cause like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's a hard thing. Cause I don't want to play things I don't like just for the sake of having played them. But I also don't want to like totally stay in my little safety bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Well, and also, you know, your free time is at a more of a premium nowadays yeah, than it true. was before, too. Uh, and so is mine. <clears throat> so I think I, I agree with you. I definitely feel that as well. Um, and I'm just in a situation where I keep like my backlog is just increasing. Like I, I keep yeah. purchasing these games and then not playing them or yeah. I do return to the same old thing and keep playing that. Like I just put more mods in fallout four and started playing that again. You know, <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm still doing that, uh, after all this time. And so, you know, so I, I fall into kind of the same traps too. Um, I'm, I would, my biggest thing is open world. Like you're, character action open world game Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm so i'm done with them for now i need to step away and come back you know in like a few years i think yeah yeah because i'm so burned out and i mean it's weird because i used to be a very new ip kind of person and i still want like developers to try new things kind of on your point that there's this homogenous feel towards a lot of games now but most of the games that I'm excited for, like the remainder of this year and kind of going into next year, are sequels. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little later, just like the <laughs> games that are coming out this year as far as uh, like what we're most excited to play. And it's just, I don't know, I just, there aren't as many games on that list as in typical years. And I feel like this year has is, or has been and will continue to be very strong in terms of the high quality of games. I just don't want to play a lot of them. And that seems odd. Like, that's not something that's... It hasn't been like that for me before. And it scares me. I don't want to lose my love for video games. Like, it's like... <laughs> that's like my favorite thing. Video games. Yeah. I don't know so, that it's possible that you or I could ever... Like you said, like, lose our love of video games. I, just, right. I think the way we experience them and which genres and franchises we focus on will shift and change and the the degree to which we engage in games will certainly change as our personal lives change but i i don't worry that i'll ever get sick of video games it's like yeah. certain genres and certain ones. parts sure. of the industry i and the way myself. that it's going too, like a lot of the hot like you're talking about the open world rpgs the character action games i would throw like roguelikes into that sure. collectible card games into that you oh know God, uh yeah. team multiplayer shooters into that like a lot Hero of those shooters, genres yeah. i just i'm not i could give two shits about a moba and that's just not the kind those aren't the kind of games that I want to play and because those are like everybody's chasing those genres now and with all these indie developers making a bunch of you know 16-bit side scroll metroidvania type games like yeah. some of those I'm interested in a little bit but most of them it's just like I don't care about 
that kind of genre for where I am right now. And if those are the majority of games that are being put out, it, I guess it makes sense that I'm not interested in the majority of games. So, yeah. um, there's one other thing that you on our little organized sheet here, there's one other thing that you wrote that you want to talk about. And I'm really curious to where, from where this came from. So why don't you lead us into that? Yeah. So, um, like I had like a, a couple of, small periods in my, in my life where I was just, I was a little klepto like just taking shit and so you know I took some things from my friends when I was a kid uh and you know I completely forgotten about them until um some certain like topics came up in conversation with them and I remember one of my best friends uh Cody he's <clears throat> still one of my best friends I he he had this really great Pokemon card collection, and he had a few Pokemon cards that I didn't have, and I was really jealous. And which, which seems ridiculous because you and I grew up relatively well to do, and you know we had all of our needs met, and you know we were fortunate in that. Um, but like, it, it's still, and maybe you know this is analogous for the human race. It still wasn't enough for me as mm-hmm. a little kid. There were still things that you know if I didn't have everything, I wasn't happy. You know, right. spoiled little rich kid. Um, so I, I stole a couple of his Pokemon cards. It was like a Charizard and some other stuff. And like to complete my own collection instead of actually finding them in packs, like you would, you should do, you know, as like a good person. So, (laughs) well, I guess buying packs of cards, good person. I don't know that whatever. Um, and you know, I felt so bad and like, uh, I, I remember in high school, I think because this was like fourth grade, I did this in, and then in high school, I remember it like come like the memory came flooding back to me, and I felt so guilty about it that um, uh, one year I don't remember what grade I was in, but I just gave him all of my Pokemon cards, every single <laughs> one of them. I was like, dude, I I, t- I stole Pokemon cards from you when I when we were friends, like, and you talk. I remember you talking to me about thinking it was the kid from down the street. And then, like, you talked to him about it and confronted him, and he was denying it. And, like, that ruined your friendship with that kid Jeez. from down the street. I mean, the kid was a little shithead anyways. But, like, that was, like, the straw that broke the camel's back for them. And so they didn't really hang out anymore after that, you know? And I was like, I just... That came flooding back to me semi-recently, and I feel awful about it. Like, it, <laughs> I suddenly somehow gained some form of perspective on it, probably through theater. And... Uh, so I gave him all of my Pokemon cards in like some sort of recompense. Where he's like, "Dude, I don't really care, but thanks for the Pokemon cards." Sure. Um, but like, you know, it's just that ate really ate at me for like a couple months, and I was like, "I'm just gonna give him all my Pokemon cards." But yeah, so I, I was interested to hear if because um, those are parts that you know we go through life and we have experiences and we do things and we completely forget about them like mm-hmm. until something specific happens and it triggers like that synapse refires <clears throat> and so for me that was semi recently like in the past week and a half or so I was talking to some of my other friends and they mentioned something along those lines and that memory came back to me so I was wondering if you had ever done anything like that um it doesn't necessarily have to be like stealing things from your friends but if you ever did something like really shitty and like that's something that you occasionally remember when something comes up. So, and when I saw you wrote, wrote this note, I was thinking about it. And honestly, I don't, th- at least like nothing came to mind or has come to mind about that kind of thing. I was never, 
Like, I didn't try to steal stuff. That just was never, like, my rebellious streak. <laughs> okay, well, I guess you're just perfect then, Chad. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> like, everybody has a rebellious streak in, like, different ways yeah. and different yeah. kinds of things. And that was never something that I, like, I never tried to, like, steal stuff. But, okay. you know, thinking of those memories that make you feel bad looking back on them, I have a very vivid one from high school. It was my AP physics class. And our teacher, uh, Mr. Carpenter, who was a brilliant man, very Dumbledore-esque. Yes. Uh, just a very kind, older guy, incredibly smart, great teacher. I mean, AP physics was a fucking hard class. I didn't even bother to take the AP test because I knew I wasn't going to do well on it. And so we would get, like, our weekly homework assignments. And I don't remember the exact details, but it was like every week we got, like, a quiz that we took on Fridays. And it was like 10 questions were 10 points. And then he'd grade it, give it back to us on Monday. And then we could correct our answers and turn it back in on Wednesday for like half credit that we had missed. So like if you got a six, you could fix your four problems you got wrong and you'd get an eight. And um, for a while, I like wouldn't do the quiz because it was like a take home thing. And I wouldn't do it. And so I wouldn't turn it in. And so I'd have a zero and then I would get my much smarter friend who would always get 10 out of 10 and I would get his sheet on Monday, write down all of his answers and then turn it in to get a five. Cause like I did <laughs> fine on the other homework in the labs and the tests and stuff I did. Okay. But it was something about these quizzes. Like I didn't want to fucking do them and I just didn't do them because I knew I could at least get partial credit afterwards. Right. And I remember one day in class, he was giving me back mine on Wednesday for my 5 out of 10. And he held me back after everybody had left. And I knew he was going to talk, tell tell me something about this because it's like unhealthy, not okay behavior for yeah. like a 17-year-old. And he was like, Shay, I just want to say, you know, you're you're doing well in class and you're a bright kid. I'm just concerned over how you're turning in these quizzes for partial credit and not finishing them on time. And, you know, I, 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 the idea behind this was for you to learn what you did incorrectly and then be able to get credit for that additional learning. And I don't feel like you're getting that additional learning because you're not putting in the, the upfront incorrect answers. And honestly... I just don't think that that's any way to live. And that, that that's no way to live has always stuck with me. <laughs> and I just felt so shitty afterwards because like, like that's no way to live. And like, it's true. If you extrapolate that into life in general, this idea of like, I'm not going to put forth any effort and get half of what I'm supposed to get. And that's fine with right. me. Like, that's not, that is no way to live. That's and so that, <laughs> no that's, way to live. When you bring that up of memories that occasionally come back and make me feel like shit, that's definitely near the top of the list. But hey, you <laughs> so know, like I'm Mr. sorry, Mr. Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, may he rest in peace. Um, oh, no, did he pass away? I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. Like, I guess it makes several sense. Like, years ago. Yeah, I was like, I graduated like 12 years ago, so. Yeah, well, I, I think he, he passed away. I think like when like right after you graduated because I don't think any of my friends ever got to have him. Well, that's depressing as hell, and now I feel even worse. Well, that probably... should that should make that should make his words more impactful. It's no You're way right. to live. You're right. Yes, that is no way to live. So now I 
I would probably still do that, though, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> AP physics is really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, I mean, so I AP statistics. And uh, moving oh boy, on into I barely pass that. What we've um, been doing recently. So brought up Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. So that's like the most recent release, and I know we've both been playing it a bit. So kind of a good place to start. How far are you in into it? Um, so there's that first big open world area, and I completed one of the few objectives you have to do there. So I'm not very far. Wait, like immediately following that intro section in in India? Yes. Okay, because I'm I like just got to the open area in India. Okay, I haven't really done anything there yet. So it sounds like you're a little farther than I am. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean I but, only played for it was like a couple hours. Mm-hmm. So for those I guess that don't know, um, obviously this is the newest game in the Uncharted series. Does not star Nathan Drake. And it really started from... It was originally going to be DLC for Uncharted 4. And it kind of just blew up into another full game. Uh, it is... I guess it's supposed to be a little shorter than most Uncharted games. But it's, you know, retailing only for 40 bucks, So, pretty awesome deal. And for me, like, Uncharted 4 was my favorite game from last year. So, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll play more of that. And this one stars Chloe, who was introduced in Uncharted 2. And Nadine, who was a villain in Uncharted 4. And they're just kind of like working together it's a similar uh frenemy kind of relationship that drake has with a lot of his pals in the in the games but um i don't know it's hard for me to say because i only played the intro section which is fairly tutorial-esque and now i'm kind of like in the actual quote-unquote real game um and i'm enjoying it so far it definitely feels like more uncharted 4 just with different characters um but I'm pretty okay with that, I think. Yeah, I mean, it definitely... It feels exactly like an Uncharted game, and even though you're playing as Chloe versus uh, Nathan, it plays the exact same. Like, there are no differences in the two characters, like the way they right. move and fight and all that stuff. You know, it's it's very little difference, so... Um, I will say, I, though... It, it's the exact same thing. I will say I, I the combat feels a little different, and I think it's just because of the transition to, like, Chloe isn't as good of a scrapper as Drake is. And so when you're with Nadine, she's, like, the super badass fighter. Like, she kicked the shit out of Drake in Uncharted 4. Right. And so it's a lot more of them working together in the melee combat where Nadine comes in to, like, finish a lot of guys off. And obviously it's all NPC, like, AI-controlled. But it feels... Like, Chloe doesn't feel as, I guess, like, strong or as tough, necessarily, as Drake does. Um, she feels a little more, like, like you would expect a smaller woman to be fighting. It's a little more, like, focused on movement and, like, trying to get on the guy's back and punch him that way and that kind of stuff versus just straight-up trading punches kind of feel. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. But, you know, the, the opportunity for, you know up close personal combat just kind of depends on your play style for and sure i tend to finish people off for more of a distance yeah so same. yeah so i don't engage with a whole lot of that it's more of the same kind of a little floaty imprecise shooting that mm-hmm. is um a staple of the uncharted franchise 
Yeah, and I'm I'm excited because they've already peppered in a little bit of uh, like learning more about Chloe's backstory, and she's brought yeah. up her dad a couple times. So I'm curious to hear more and, and learn more about that because I've always really liked Chloe as a character. I remember when she was introduced in Uncharted Two, she was kind of like that love triangle piece between Nathan Drake and Elena because their relationship was like not working out after the first game, and. I mean, I'm glad Drake ended up with Elena. Like, they're cute, but <laughs> Chloe was, like, the one to me, dude. Like, the dark hair <laughs> and the Australian accent. Like, she was Claudia so Black, hot. Man. She was so hot in Uncharted 2. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm excited to, like, learn more about her as a character because she was always just kind of, like, the sarcastic female badass in Uncharted 2 and 3. So, uh, it's cool that she's now taking center stage. And honestly, like, I'm cool. I'm excited to learn more about Nadine. I thought that she was an interesting, pretty underutilized piece of Uncharted 4. So um, I'm excited to see more of their relationship, Bud, and kind of get that, like, we're working together, but we also don't really like each other. We might turn on each other at any point. That thing, like, that relationship has always been a cornerstone of Uncharted games and the stories. So um, I'm sure some some sort of backstabbing will happen at some point. For sure. Um, additionally, I started playing Tacoma, which is the new release from Fulbright, Ooh. Makers of Gone Home. This is uh, only on Xbox and PC, so it's not available on PS4, at least not right now, which really bummed me out because I don't want to play games on PC, and I obviously don't have an Xbox One. And I only played maybe 20 minutes. Kelly, because she watched me play through Gone Home, and then like a year or so later, uh, she actually played through it herself. And I like I watched her and sat with her, and we did that. So she was like really invested and wanted to check out Tacoma too. So we played probably 20 minutes together. I just fucking hate my computer, man. It just can't run games for shit. I don't like. I don't know anything about computers. We got this one, and the dude at Micro Center was like, oh, yeah, you can run, like, basic games, which I would consider a walking simulator like Tacoma on medium settings to be a basic game. And I'm getting, like, 12 frames. I hate using mouse Uh. and keyboard. I want to use a controller. It's just – it – Playing games on a computer is not how I want to play games. And it makes me sad because, like, I don't even want to play Tacoma now after that experience. Like, I'm like, ugh, that wasn't fun. Having to move around and talk to people, like, I just, ugh, I don't want to play this anymore. But I do, like, I do really want to play it. I just don't want to play it. Right. And so the weird thing about PC is that it's not always up to your rig. It's also, like, how the game is optimized. Like, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is a poorly optimized game. Uh, or at least it was when it first came out. I think they patched a lot of that stuff. But, like, people with really, really nice rigs sometimes were still getting really bad frame drops and stuff just because the game itself in the engine they had built was poorly optimized. Now, I don't know that Tacoma necessarily has those same issues. So it I wouldn't could think be so. I mean, Gone Home, Gone Home runs fine on my computer. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, that stuff, it can go, you know, so weird so fast um all i can say is make sure your graphics drivers are updated which they probably are um and that's kind of all i can say but as far as like the mouse and keyboard if it came out for xbox the pc version probably has gamepad support i would yes i'm sure it does and i downloaded software a long time ago so i could use my ps4 controller with my pc I don't even remember what game it was that I wanted to do that, but I know I have it somewhere and I used it and it worked okay. So I'm sure I can do it for this. It's just yeah. like, I just don't want to go through that rigmarole. Sure. Just let me play it on I my PS4. That. 
Just let, like, kill exclusives. They shouldn't exist. Third-party exclusives. <laughs> it's annoying. Yeah. It's I not like Fulbright that. needed Microsoft to co-publish the game. They made so much fucking money on Gone Home. Come on. It's true. It's annoying. So I know you've uh, been playing around with some VR stuff. So tell me about that. Oh, yeah, baby. So I finally was able to hop into the, the reality of virtual virtual reality. Okay. <laughs> I'll just I'm say getting, that. Uh, I have that uh, Jamiroquai song going on in my head. <laughs> insanity. <laughs> also, Warriors of Virtue. Maybe oh, the hell best yeah. film ever made. Hell ever yes. Made. <laughs> I actually watched that movie a couple of years ago. Doesn't hold up. But uh, no. I fucking loved that movie. I have an image like burned into my memory of me walking into the theater to go see Warriors of Virtue. And they had big cardboard cutout standees outside of the theater. And I was of like, hell yes. This is like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but even better. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. But it was cool. <laughs> sure was. So yeah, I played <laughs> my debut virtual reality experience with my own headset. I had played the game before, but it was super hot VR. Um, I played through all of it in one standing, because that's what okay. you have to call. <laughs> that's what you have to call it now. Uh, <laughs> so, and that I was like sweating bullets by the end of it. Um, I was super hot. It's the most from, innovative shooter I've played in years. From like moving around, or because it was yeah. intense, or what? well, and it's in, in, and it's intense. Like there's a lot of like stooping and kneeling and getting up and oh, okay. rolling so around. Oh, you were just and, literally standing there. You're actually physically moving. Oh yeah, totally. Because uh, it has room scale, so you're moving around the space Got and it. like trying to grab objects and throwing stuff and like yeah, and dodging bullets and like bending over, doing like the limbo, trying not to get hit with a shotgun blast. Um, it's really really awesome. So I played that whole thing in one one session. And then I got and played about five or ten minutes of To the Top. And so with Super Hot VR, it's room scale. So it kind of teleports you to an area, and that's where you stand. And then you grab a thing, and it teleports you to a new area. That's where you stand and do your thing. With To the Top, you're using the uh, Rift or Vive. I think it works on both controllers. And it's like a parkour movement game. So you're moving by, like, reaching with your controller grabbing with the grip onto something in the environment and like pulling towards you to propel yourself forward, you know, sort of like you're rowing a boat, um, Mm -hmm. but you're like actually grabbing on stuff and propelling yourself through the environment. And that made me sick within about four or five minutes, like to the point where I could not play it. And I had to like request a refund. Um, Wow. Because it was that bad for me. And for some people, that's not an issue. Uh, there are some people that can just play those kinds of games and it's not a problem but it's moving without your body feeling the g-forces and your body feeling the movement that disconnect is very nauseating for a lot of people myself unfortunately included i figured that out so that sucks but um i used the refund money to buy arizona sunshine um and that's like zombie game Um, I I wasn't expecting a whole lot because what I'd seen of the gameplay, because I know the Giant Bomb guys played it on one of their uh, VR Rodeo um, streams, and they did not have nice things to say about it, like about how unpolished and weird it seemed, like there was no music and da-da-da. But like playing it yourself, not in the environment they're playing it in where they're trying to talk to people and trying to like present this game, 
just playing it yourself, like in the headset with the headphones, it was actually really effective because like the lead protagonist who you're playing as, like he always has something quippy to say and like is reacting to stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like you're out of bullets, he's like, Oh shit, I'm out and then like a zombie gets up close, he's like, Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck and then you're, <laughs> you're, like I'm saying it with him, like trying to shoot these yeah. zombies up in my face. And it has uh, manual teleportation, so like you move with one of the analog sticks, and it shows you like a little arc and where you're gonna land, like wh- where you'll teleport to. And then there's like a very quick black fade out, and then a black fade in, so it's not like instant blinking, you know. Can you so do that s- at any time? Yeah, you're all you're always moving. So instead of just moving around, you're just teleporting, and you can do okay. it super fast too. It seems like you could kind of uh, in a zombie combat game. It seems like you could kind of cheese that a little bit. By teleporting. Well, you can, but they it's set up so that they come at you from a bunch of different angles. So it's not like you can just keep like hop, 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 hop. And when you do that, you also need like a split second to kind of orient yourself. Okay. And then line your shots up again. Um, so it you can get away from them pretty well, but they the way the spawns are set up, it's hard to get to a place where they're going to be pretty far away so you can kind of you know like shake yourself off so mm-hmm. like it keeps the intensity up and it took me about three hours to play through the whole thing i did it in three different set uh sessions and that's about all i could handle was about an hour at a time okay. i probably could have pushed myself to do like an hour and a half but i didn't want to do that yeah risk you know? i didn't kind of want to ruin it for myself well it wasn't necessarily well i don't know maybe like not necessarily getting sick it's just like after a while, looking at a screen that that's that's that close to your eyes, even though it's tricking your eyes into thinking you're seeing far away, it still can get a little wearing on them. Okay. Uh, like there's some wear and tear going on, and I just didn't want to, I didn't want to be virtual for that long. Right. So, well, I, like, I'm sure really they cool. have a recommendation for that as well. Like you're not supposed to play for longer than however long. Probably, yeah. Um, which makes me wonder what Skyrim and Fallout VR are going to be like. But mm-hmm. um, the game is really, really cool the way it handles inventory. So, like, if you look down at your chest, it has all the different magazine types displayed and your ammo counter for each of those. When you reload, you hit a button and it drops the clip out, and then you just, like, slam it into your chest, and it kind of pops a new clip in, and then you can keep shooting. And you have, like, an upper belt that's like a grenade belt that you can grab grenades off of, pull the pin and toss, or there's, like, a lower belt. Where so you have two hands and you have two holsters, one on each side, and you can like put your hands down and then you hit a grip button and it switches the guns, or if you don't have anything in the holster, it holsters the gun and then you just have your hands. Mm-hmm. So it's got that going for it. Like you can hold four guns at once and grenades and then all your ammo and stuff. Um, and there's like there's a huge variety of guns. Like you're finding a bunch of different types of pistols with different clip sizes. So as you're going through and like trying out new pistols, you have to get used to how many shots you have left in each clip okay. and stuff like that. Um, and it has the thing where if there are bullets left in your clip and you drop it out, you don't get those bullets back. You actually have to bend down and pick up the clip <laughs> and put it into your chest to like add it to your ammo thing. That's cool. So I found myself like after fights, like loading up on ammo. And then, um, like, going to a bench or something and then, like, dropping all my clips onto the bench and reloading and then grabbing all the clips and slamming them back into my chest. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like a – it sounds like a tedious thing to do, but that's the weird thing about VR and, like, the interact – that kind of interactive experience is the tedious things are actually kind of fun. 
because yeah, they, at least they in this novel. early stage, like yes, because right. yeah, you're right because they feel novel. It's I mean, in a couple of years, assuming VR is you know popular still by then, that kind of stuff I'm sure might feel tedious by that point. Just like pressing pause and going to your map and selecting a new place in a traditional right. video game feels tedious. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, but then it's cool that at least like at this point you know clearly developers are playing around with those different kinds of mechanics and making them more physically engaging and making yeah. those mundane activities more active i think is re- is really smart yeah i agree and, and the game has a bunch of different locales that you go through and it keeps it fresh and it doesn't overstay its welcome either like the three hour mark i was about ready for it to be over yeah but I, I i genuinely had a really good time with it and um i think they they wrote the character pretty realistically in terms of him being like fuck this this fucking sucks why (laughs) just stupid bullshit everything keeps going wrong why is everything going wrong i just want it to be over and there's a section where like after the umpteenth time of all this shit just not working and not panning out and he can't find this like radio broadcast signal like you're going through and he's like very sarcastically because he calls all the zombies fred for some reason it's like very sarcastically like oh yeah how you doing today fred yeah fuck you like <laughs> like you're like sh- like just mowing him down he's like yeah yeah you fucking like that didn't think so this sucks and like, it's <laughs> it's actually pretty funny and, and I, I thought that it kind of worked um, so it's not it's not like a horror type zombie game no, I mean, it gets intense because there are mm-hmm. moments where, like, hordes come and yeah, that gets yeah. really intense because some of them will actually run at you and they move okay. at different paces and there are different size zombies, you know, zombies with hard hats who can't shoot their heads, body armor, can't shoot their body, crap like that. Um, but uh, it, I wouldn't call it a horror game. I mean, there's Got a it. dark area where one of your hands, you, you're holding a flashlight, flashlight and mm-hmm. then you have a gun with the other hand. And that's, like, really cool because it's 3D, so you can move the flashlight, like, behind the gun, and then you can see the gun better mm-hmm. and, like, see your sights better or gun behind the flashlight and you can't see as well. And there's, like, lens, like, uh, dynamic lens flare stuff. Like, if you shine it off a shiny surface, like, that can like, kind of mess with you. Like, it actually reflects. And I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was actually, like, really, really cool. Um, cool. So I, if you have... The Rift, or I think it works with Vive as well. I would really recommend Arizona Sunshine. I had a really good time with it. And they have, like, a zombie endless mode that you can actually play co-op with people that also have headsets, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that that sounds like it would be a bizarre experience. Because obviously you yeah. wouldn't be, those two people wouldn't be in the same room in real life, but that'd be a, right. like, th- that kind of VR multiplayer I hadn't even really thought about. Because I've seen, you know, I know... Um, I think it was it was a while ago might have been an e3 like two years ago but palmer lucky was showing that it was like a you play as birds and you're flying yes. around like trying to capture this thing like that kind of multiplayer yeah but to actually be like another be two humans in a space together <laughs> while you're right. both separately in vr seems really bizarre to me and like yeah. super future that i'm not sure i'm ready for but interesting <laughs> for sure well, because also, like, the character models are, it's, like, a torso, a couple of feet, and then, like, the hands and the head, and that's kind of okay. all it is with, like, a headset thing uh-huh. on, and that's kind of all it is. So, it's not, like, trying to map movements to a full body, you know? Right, because um, you'd need, in so, real life, you'd need to be wearing, like, a body suit with those little right ping pong ball kind of thing in order to capture that. <laughs> Someday we'll get there. Yes, it will. I look forward to it. Maybe, maybe in our lifetime. We'll see. 
That that sounds fucking expensive. <laughs> uh, yes, it does. <laughs> now available, the VR suit. <laughs> well, hey, you know, the Vive dropped two hundred bucks, so it's now six hundred yeah. instead of eight hundred. Yeah, I think I'm gonna wait. I'll stick with my Google Cardboard, where whenever <laughs> I want to experience VR, I'll put it on, and like, there's a little video that c- comes with it of like you're riding a bicycle through a little like market, yeah. and it's cool. Like, it's just an on rails thing where you can look around, and that. Because for me, I just wanted to see VR. I know with all my motion sickness that it's not going to be something that, at least in its current iteration, that I'm going to have a ton of fun with because it'll make me feel like shit. But yeah. uh, that, at least just to like hold it up to my eyes, and it's not fully immersive, but it still gives you that, like, wow, I you know take it off my head and I'm in real life and I put it and I can take it you know back and forth and I'm in this other world yeah. where I can look around in real time. Like, that's... It's just such a cool concept that is so hard to explain. It's one of those things where you need to experience it, and totally. I certainly didn't experience it in a high like a high fidelity version, but it still was like very arresting and makes it it feels so otherworldly. Like it feels like the future. In, oh, in a, absolutely. In a very weird way. Like it, I, I feel like, I mean, not only do I feel like I shouldn't be owning a house right now, that's very bizarre, but. I feel like I shouldn't have this new virtual reality technology where I can just hop into another world and swing my <laughs> flail my arms ridiculously in my yeah. office. Like that's yeah. bizarre and like how easy it was to just get it rolling too. I mean, I had issues right. like with the software stuff, but like physically once I had everything, I really didn't have any issues. Um and I just, think it just part works. Of it, part of it is like we take uh, for granted how crazy video or how far video games have come from a technology perspective. It's true. Like a game like Uncharted Four, Horizon Zero Dawn, even going back to like when the PS4 first came out, something like Infamous Second Son with all the particle effects and lighting and everything. And casual gamers or people that don't really play video games, it like stops them in their tracks. Like, holy shit, it look it, like it looks like you're playing real life right now. And yeah. we take a lot of that for granted because, you know, we play a ton of different games and a bunch of different genres and visual styles. But it still is very like you know, playing The Lost Legacy. Like, there were so many moments when you first land in the jungle in India and you kind of look over this vista and it looks like you're looking at a real life jungle. And it's totally. certainly not the same immersive experience as being in VR because I, I realize I'm sitting sitting on my couch in shorts with a controller in my hands. But it's still, <laughs> it's just it's it's it makes you stop and appreciate how far we've come from a technology perspective. And that goes into the film television world too, like the things that people can do with effects now, like. You know, they always say the best effect is one that you don't notice because it just yeah. looks real, and that's just so bonkers to me to see how far we've come even in my lifetime in the past 10 years even past five years how far we've come from a graphical fidelity perspective like i'm really excited to see once vr becomes a little more uh, ingrained and a little more affordable uh, and they can really start pushing the technology technological limits of it to see where that kind of thing can go from an outside perspective I, I'm I'm excited to see them do it. Don't know that I necessarily care to like play a lot of that stuff or do anything <laughs> beyond like seeing it once. But um, I think it'll be cool to see them mess around with it. And I have to imagine that for developers, it's such a interesting thing to do. And it's a brand new 
piece of technology. It's not iterative. Yeah. Like from PS2 to PS3 was a fairly big jump, but like from PS3 to PS4, it's just it's better. It's not new necessarily. So, right. And yeah, yeah. I will say like the VR games because they're so much more intensive to run. Like you're, I mean, you're rendering two to three things two to three times more stuff than you normally would for a game. So they don't really look all that great yet, right? They yeah. look like an early 360 PS3 game, a lot of right. these do. Like, Arizona Sunshine doesn't look great, but the fact that it's 3D, it's, like, stereo, not stereoscopic, the fact that it's, like, it's 3D and uh, one-to-one movement translation and head tracking and stuff like that, that makes all the difference, I think. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. does. And... There are virtual reality ex- experiences that are, you know, graphically gorgeous and uh, high fidelity, and that those are really stand out. I think uh, from the herd, but I also I don't think that like graphical fidelity matters as much in VR because what you're doing is so much more intense yeah. than sitting on a couch, you know. So it. VR is really cool. And I like I'm it's one of those things where I can't believe someone actually figured out how to make that shit work. Mhm. And like and work really easily for the user. Right? Like I didn't have I'm not I don't have to be a tech savvy person. Like I plug all the shit in, it takes me through this really simple setup and then I play my fucking games. Yeah. It it was once I got everything hooked in, it was that easy. It just works. Yep. Thanks, Todd Howard. <laughs> so, uh, any other games that you've been playing? Uh, yeah, I got Kingdom Hearts HD, the 1.5, 2.5, and I started playing through Kingdom Hearts 1 Final Mix. Okay. Um, I have just completed Agrabah, so pushing through that pretty quick. I'm like eight hours in. Um, See, I got those when they were separate. Back on PS3, like right. how many years ago when those came out. And I played through the first one, because one of my favorite games of all time. And I never played the second one, like the 2.5. I have the game, I just never started it. So it's just sitting in my box. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you though, those games running at 60 frames a second, like high resolution, they... I, I Okay, so nostalgia plays a factor in it, but I really think even just the first Kingdom Hearts game really holds up still. I, I think it does. Yeah, the cutscenes I I didn't I mean granted and to be like yeah. I played them on PS3, so I'm sure they look even better on PS4. But the cutscenes definitely seemed low fidelity to me. But yes, in oh. the world, like as you're playing the game, it all like I I think the color and the visual style, the more cartoonish look certainly helps keep that, you know, make it it still is a good looking game. Okay. I think they re rendered the cutscenes for PS4 because those look just as good as okay. the rest of the game, which cool. is which is really good. I didn't realize that about the PS3 version. Um, that's like a thing with early HD releases is they never redid the cutscenes and stuff like yeah. that. They kind of yeah. let that fall by the wayside, which was always disappointing. Um, so I'm playing that. Uh, and then I also picked up Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes on my iPhone. Is that I've, the tower defense no, game? No. This is the, like, it has turn-based combat, and you get a party together, and you're upgrading characters, and it's... I think I might actually have downloaded that a couple months ago, and never opened it, because I don't play games on my phone. Okay. I... So, if it tells you how... 
This should tell you how in-depth um, the combat system is. In the top left corner, they have a 1x, 2x, and 4x speed button and an autoplay button. Yikes. Even on missions you've never played before. So I've literally I've been clicking on a mission and hitting auto and just like randomly selecting an ally from the internet to give my team a buff and then just like hit auto and blows through it in a couple minutes. Once you fully complete like a series of levels, then you can play them again on hard to earn character shards, which you get a certain number of shards for a certain character and then you get to use them in your party. Um, you get to equip them. And it's... It's. I, I played it when it first came out, and I came back to it just like a few days ago, and the amount of shit they have added is insane. Like that is nuts. Um, mm -hmm. And there's because it's free to play, so there's like every twenty minutes, five times a day, you can get one of these free packs, and or you can spend real money. It, yeah, but in order to get it. You have to click on the store, and you have to scroll past all the shit you actually have oh, to buy. Oh, that's pretty insidious. End. I know, and then you click it, yeah. and like you can buy more of those packs with currency that you get from fighting other people's squads, and you can do one of those battles every eight minutes, and you get those credits every day based on what your global rank in that is. Um, so the higher your rank is, the more of those credits you just automatically get every day. Mm -hmm which is something, I guess. I don't know. It's It's got a lot going on, and when I first started playing it, I definitely... Because like, all, all the different characters have different skills and strengths and weaknesses, and you can equip them with stuff that increases blah, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, these numbers are higher than these numbers. I hit auto, and I beat the shit out of them. Um, so really, you're not playing this game? Kind of no. The, the game I'm playing is an incremental game because it's right. I click on a thing it does and a wait. thing and then I get stuff which I can use to make the numbers higher and then yeah. I click on it again so it's like a really cleverly disguised incremental clicker game well but it doesn't have to be that way you could actually be playing the moment to moment yeah who the play. fuck would do that that's so stupid that's the like, whole point of the game but it, like, like that it you're, you're skipping the, you're skipping the game but why all right, so you're doing you're doing activities that make you play the game less. They talked about this on one of the most recent bombcasts or the beastcast or something, uh, and that's like word for word what one of those people, one of the guys <laughs> said was it is you, you are literally doing something to make you play the game less. Yes, I think it was Jeff on one of the latest bombcasts. <laughs> yeah, that would make and sense. He's obsessed not, with clickers. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so, like, uh, why I, are you playing it, then? Because it wastes time? Just because it's Star Wars? It's Star Wars, and, like, yeah. it's got the sounds. Okay. Like, the lightsaber right. stuff. I'm going to play this. I need, yeah. to, I need well, to download this. <laughs> and if, if I do manually play through a level, because auto only gets you so far, right? Like, the AI is dumb. So you could get farther with lower level characters if you are like strategizing and trying to beat the levels. So there's mm -hmm. an element of that to it at least. So if I if I fail a level on auto, I'll go in and manual and try to beat it. And at that point okay. I'm like you can hold down on the skills and like okay, what does this skill do? Okay, I can target this enemy with this skill and then they have all, all of the characters on the battlefield have like a a movement meter that charges and then they get to move and based on their speed stat and stuff like that. So it's got, it has all of that stuff like that, a 
hardcore like turn-based RPG has, but it also has this shit that makes you not have to engage with any of it, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's like they made KOTOR 3 and then stripped all the story out and threw in, like I said, elements that allow you to not have to play the game. Just it's really strange. It's terrible. It's terrible. But like it all it also like I was sitting there and when I say sitting I mean on the toilet this morning <laughs> playing it. Nice. <laughs> and I I was like, they should just make Kotor three. Because <laughs> that's like that's fucking what this is. Turn based Star Wars, all the stats, equipment, it's got all it has all that shit already in it. And you know, I would play Kotor three if it even looked like this game, because the game looks fine. Mm. I don't know. Whatever. You know, I'm going to no, go on a limb and say that there's probably a slight, slightly larger monetary investment to make KOTOR 3 than to make a and fucking iPhone a app. a smaller monetary return yeah. if you were to make KOTOR much, 3. Much bigger risk, absolutely, into this thing. than a free-to-play game. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, though, like how in order to get the free packs, you have to log on and scroll past the paid packs. I, hadn't yeah. heard, I haven't heard of that before. That's like, totally. that's pretty dirty. Yeah, I mean dirty. there aren't a ton of them. Like it takes a couple seconds, but it's yeah. uh, But still, every but time you want to get your pack, past all that shit. Yes, you have to see all the shit that you could get if you wanted to spend money. And I mean, That's like, right. uh, it, it's tough because the whole microtransaction thing is like fairly new in the gaming space, and so developers are still figuring, or I should say, publishers—they're the ones that always dictate this. But publishers are still figuring out like what can we get away with? Yeah, with microtransactions. Where's the this line? This is something they can get away with. Where it becomes shitty. And, like, it's tough because microtransactions suck, but in a game that's, like, it's free. You could yeah, it's, play it's this fuck, game for free. I have not There's sunk a cent into it. Yes. So, yeah, I'll scroll past their little shit because I understand. I have not spent money. They, That is how they keep the game going. People spend money on it. So I, yeah. I totally understand. I will do the few extra finger movements it takes me to get to the free shit. Like, I will pay that price. And there are a lot of... Um, like free to play games that or I should say there are a lot of people that would rather like this game versus being free like charge me $5 for it and then don't make me ever have to buy anything. Yeah. Like I get that attitude as well. Um it's just one of the like I'm sure there are a lot more people that play that game for free, but the people that do spend money there are a lot of people that spend a fuck ton of money. Like there are all those stories about whales. Clash of Clans and all those other like where people are sinking literally ten grand into that game. Yeah, and it's just insane. So there's a lot of money to be made in the free to play game space, which is why you're seeing shit tons of free to play games and lots of X console or PC developers moving to the mobile space because there's just so much more money there. Right. Which is um, sad. Which because I don't want to. But no, no. I I think that's a good and a healthy thing because that means the people who are in it for the money are getting out of. They're moving out of that console space. So we're left with the people who are passionate about creating the experiences they want to create. Maybe, but there's also the bottom line where like people have bills and you need to be able to make money with what you do if that's going to be your job. And a lot of the publishers and, like, investors that are now investing in mobile games, that's causing 
traditional game developers to not have access to as much money to make okay. the things that they want to make. So, sure. I, like, I see what you're saying. I see your point. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I think there, there That's are a good definitely two sides to that. Um, yeah. So what else? I mean, beyond video games, I know Defenders just came out. We're both watching that. Where, where are you? It, man. Okay, so I have two episodes left, so we we can't okay. dive into it. I'm, next episode, we'll be able to we'll we'll talk spoilers for Defenders. I'm sure we'll both have more thoughts on Uncharted: Lost Legacy. We'll also be able to talk about initial impressions on Destiny Two. So there's a lot of big things for us to talk about next time. But yeah, like high level, without going into plot details or anything. How do how do you feel about Defenders? I loved Defenders. And you've liked all the other Marvel series, correct? Yeah, Luke Cage didn't do a whole lot for me. But when I was watching it, I think I've said this before, when I was watching it, I could appreciate that, like, the, and, you know, I'm white dude talking about this, but I feel like the it's, it would be, <sighs> trying to figure out a good way to say this without sounding like yeah. an idiot. Um, just like, it seems like a good black community show. Like, like it, like, like they're, they're, it's intended for. Yes. It is aimed towards the African American audience. Yes. Okay. I I, see. I didn't feel that way. Really? I I just thought like a lot of the humor and the tone that was very evocative of, um, African American television and culture, um, Mm. and in a way that didn't feel familiar to me. And sure. I didn't feel like it was made for me, which is fine. I'm right, 100% right, right. in support of that. I felt like it was for that demographic, which I think is pretty cool that there, Absolutely. That there is yeah, that. Yeah, and, and way back when I, I did a review of the first season, like that was one of my big takeaways. Like I didn't particularly like the show. Like It was fine. It wasn't bad, but I wasn't super into it. I thought it was a little slow. I didn't think the main actor was all that compelling. Right. Um and like the, I thought the best performance, the most interesting character in that first season was I'm gonna mispronounce his name, Mahashir Ali, um, who recently he was I think he won or was nominated for best actor for um, Moonlight the movie last year. But anyway, he played okay. um, a character. I don't remember the character's <laughs> name. It was the, the initial bad guy that dies in like the fourth right. episode. Um, yeah. It was a snake something. I don't fucking know. They were all named after reptiles. But he, to me, was like the absolute best part of that show. And then they got rid of him after the first couple episodes. And then after that, I was just kind of like, eh. Because I didn't mm. find um, Alfred Woolard's character to be all that interesting. And Diamondback certainly was not developed well. So, But anyway, point being, I didn't think it was that great. But like, I think it's awesome for two reasons. One, to have this proud black guy superhero and two enabled them to highlight the Harlem community and that whole side of New York city while also, you know, making a sometimes subtle and sometimes not so subtle political stance on how young African-American men are treated from authority figures and that kind of attitude and how like, it's this vicious cycle and they this is this comes up in the defenders too this vicious right. cycle of like you have these poor black kids who's like either their dad's dead or in jail from being in a gang they're single moms working six jobs and can't afford to pay the bills and i have no education i have no like actual skills so what am i going to do 
I'm going to go work with the gangs because they'll pay me in cash and give me a bunch of money and I'm going to go do some shady shit. And, like, that doesn't make that behavior okay, but it is, like, a really difficult, important discussion, like, where it, it's just a repeatable cycle. And we've seen this for generations and generations where this stuff just happens over and over and over again. Yeah. So that I, I, I really, really liked about Luke Cage and the conversations that it started about those kinds of things. I just wish the show was better. This <laughs> was kind of my bigger, <laughs> my bigger thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed it enough to watch it through to through it, like to uh, watch it all the way through. Yeah. Um, it. I think that lead actor is no good at all. I right. don't think he yep. does anything ever. Yep. Um, with like his face or his voice, I he is this all the time. Like, Very flat. That's it. Yeah, um, but I actually so in in Defenders, I actually kind of I I like it in Defenders because it's such a uh, it's such a difference from the other. Like all four of those people are so different from each other. Yeah, and and part of part of my struggle with all of these shows because I really like Daredevil. I didn't like Luke Cage all that much. I didn't like Iron Fist. I thought I got better as it went. Yeah, it did. But especially like the lead actor, Finn Jones, I didn't He's find not, to be all that no. good in, in Iron Fist. I actively hated Jessica Jones. Not because Man. of Kristen Ritter, but like the character I just did not enjoy. Like she was so stubborn and like feeling sorry for herself and like blaming herself for everything. I just, I'm just like, I don't fucking give a shit about you anymore. Like I, I like, yes, you suck. Keep sucking. <laughs> I don't want to watch you suck. And besides that, like the, the story of that season was we capture Kilgrave. He escapes. We capture Kilgrave. Oh, we're going to kill him. Oh, I don't decide to kill him. He escapes. Like that was literally the entire season just over and over and over again. David Tennant was fantastic as Kilgrave, yeah. AKA purple man, whatever. But that, that season I actively thought was awful, 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 awful. But in defenders, because it's all four of them and a single one of them isn't carrying everything. Cause they all get like, I would say at least where I am through the first six episodes, it's primarily Daredevil and Iron Fist's story, but I think all of them get fairly uh, even story time and, yeah. and screen time. And so I think that definitely helps, like, spread the load where it isn't, like, we're saying, like, the dude that plays Luke Cage is pretty flat. The guy that played Finn Jones is pretty flat. Um, the whole show isn't hinging on their performance and their story. In yeah. general, I'm finding it to be a little slow and... Um, just the whole setup of, because I mean, everybody knows like the hand are the villains, but they introduce like new pieces of that throughout. Yeah. And I just feel like a lot of that's really underdeveloped. Like why the hand is doing what they're doing is never really explained. And I'm sure it will come to fruition by the end, but it's like they're holding too much, too many of their cards and I'm uh, kind of okay. losing interest. I'm going to keep watching it, but I'm just not, I don't know. I'm not super into it at this point. Um, I'm more excited for the next season of Daredevil and for the Punisher show. Like, I'm much more looking forward to those than I am enjoying Defenders, personally. But sure. Maybe okay. maybe it all comes together at the end. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think it, it ends pretty strong, I think. Okay, cool. In my opinion. My humble uh, opinion. <laughs> Beyond that, I... Because we're still... I'm tr still trying to marathon through a bunch of HBO shows. So I finished season four of Silicon Valley... 
The show's amazing. So excited for the <laughs> for season five to eventually come out, and then I'll have to pay for HBO now again to watch that. Um, and I know you you watched some other stuff. HBO now again. <laughs> well, it's called HBO now. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I like the idea of a new service called HBO now again. <laughs> or what would that be? Uh, it's that's just their uh, repetitive um, uh, subscription cycle. Like that's their re-up subscription thing. How they charge you every month. It's just okay. called HBO Now again. <laughs> I was thinking it'd be their like it'd be a streaming platform where you can only watch the HBO things you've already seen. <laughs> so like HBO Now is where you go to watch and discover new HBO content. Right, but once but you watch something again, once. Yes. Yeah, so like, oh, I, I watched the new. Screen. I watched the new episode of Game of Thrones. I want to watch it again, so I need to go pay for HBO Now again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different service than HBO Now and Later, um, which just gets stuck in your teeth really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HBO HBO uh, Now and Later, you flag the things you want to watch in the future on HBO Now, <laughs> and then after you watch them, it goes into your HBO Now again queue. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> free night, free thirty this day nightmare trial subscription forty nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> uh, and then you have to scroll past all the packs you can buy, uh, and then <laughs> click on the free one. So what's the, the HBO now? Yes, the free trial. In order to do that, you have to scroll past all the other HBO subscription <laughs> services. <laughs> Oi. Um. It's been a long time since I watched Supernatural, so cause I watched seasons one through ten. I like marathon them in a summer, and now I just uh, re-added it to my Netflix queue, and they have seasons eleven and twelve. So I started eleven, and I'm about halfway through that, and I'm working my way through twelve. And I think thirteen is airing now, or is about to air. Yeah, I was going to ask final if it, season. It's, I think. Oh, okay, it is the final season. Yeah, because I, I know that is. that show has been like huge that fan base it's is great. huge for that show it really is and like i'm always excited when i meet someone else who likes supernatural because i i know it's a big fan base but i feel like it's never discussed openly hmm. um like except for you on should social log media. on to tumblr yeah on social media it is but like in the real world like people talk about game of thrones and people talk about orange is the new black and it's not like a, it's, it not a, it's not a touchstone zeitgeist right. type of show yeah right and like you know people they don't wear it like doctor who and yeah. star wars and stuff and so it's like it's not one of those and so you you kind of have to ask someone if they <laughs> watch supernatural you'll never be able to tell um, <laughs> unless they're driving no one's getting that. supernatural tattoos yeah exactly well maybe someone I'm sure someone is but they're hiding it check Tumblr um, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah check Tumblr but yeah, I, man I really like that show so I, I think if I were to watch if I were to marathon seasons 1 through 12 I would be pretty fucking sick of it by now but since I waited a couple of years and coming back to it um, I, I like, I had this moment in the first episode of season 11. I'm like, Oh, this is why I love this show. I've, I, like, cool. I forgot why I loved the show. This yeah. is why. And like, they just do like the overarching narrative is like, they always find a way to raise the stakes somehow. And I don't know how they keep doing it, but they keep doing it. Um, and it's like, it seems ridiculous that they can still come up with 
more intense and more intense things and yeah. like bigger power and like crazier thing it's just it's ridiculous so, like mm-hmm. they somehow make the threat bigger every time which is nuts um and then is this because i i don't know that much about supernatural i know the basic concept mostly from the name but is it is it an episodic show or yes. is it serialized okay it's episodic well, okay so like freak of the week both. type of thing there's both uh-huh. there are serialized episodes within the season like there's a they're like there's a season narrative and but there are also episodic things where there are like offshoot episodes that happen and like at the very beginning and the very end of the episode they kind of like have a little bit between the two brothers about what's going on in the main story. So are they are they like facing different villains every episode? In the episodic episodes, yes. So, like, they're they're monster hunters. Like, they're two brothers that, like, right. they, they hunt down, like, vampires, werewolves, and, like, all manner of f- fantastic folklore creatures and stuff. And hobbits. they have, like, kind of... What? Hobbits. No. Ewoks. No hobbits yet, I don't think. And, like, they're also very, like, pop culture referential, too, which sure. I appreciate. Like, sometimes they say stuff, I'm like, are you allowed to say that? Um, but uh, they, they're very, like, pop culture, like... And I feel like they try to stay current with some of their references too. But yeah, they also—it's a very they, like millennial-focused show. Yeah, and they—they they have um, they do the the Doctor Who thing of they bring in like different writers for each like different monster story episode, and so some episodes are shot in like a totally different way, or the story is told Weird. in a completely different way. But it's always the same characters, like the two brothers, and like they they bring in their they have a giant huge host cast of characters now and they bring in those guys they tie them in every now and then as like a fun fan nod to people who've been with Mm -hmm. the series for the whole time um they just they do a really good job of keeping it alive and they they keep it fresh somehow um and like you know they do they do a good job of making you come to like the characters you hate and (laughs) come to hate the characters you like and then they keep bringing it back around and um it has a it has a good narrative loop in that sense um and it's just it's a it's a fun show and the the writing between the brothers is usually pretty good mm-hmm. i would i wouldn't i wouldn't rate it any higher than pretty good but like because <laughs> a lot of the stuff they say to each other kind of feels repetitive and like they've had these conversations before you know um, but when it comes to like, especially the episodic episodes, they bring in the new writers. That stuff's always really fresh and interesting, and just the way the narrative expands and encompasses new characters and uh, new locations. It's it, they keep it fun. So I'm I always thought it was, it was really interesting with that show because I was a big Smallville fan, which is another CW show, obviously about Superman, right? And the I don't know the character's name is on Supernatural, but the, sh- the the brother with the shorter hair, Dean. He was he was on Smallville mm. as Lana Lang's boyfriend at the high school, and I don't I don't remember the character's name, but they uh, like wrote him off. I don't know if it was his choice or what, but the the execs at the CW really really liked him, and so they're the ones that helped facilitate Supernatural for him to transition from this like. He was a, a a main cast member of Smallville, but it wasn't a super big part for him to transition over to, to uh, Supernatural. I thought it was interesting, very interesting at the time. And like, I've never seen an episode of Supernatural. Presumably, it's fairly decent with as many people that love it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 
some of the early stuff is a little campy, I think, going back right. to it. But uh, Well, I mean, if it's in season 13, that means it's been around since, like, the early 2000s. Yeah, and it, it those early episodes are early 2000s sci-fi <laughs> show yeah, episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, okay, unless there's anything else big, I think we got to move into some news because we got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. So... Right off the bat, two kind of big PSAs to everybody, in case you haven't seen or heard. You can now pre-order the Xbox One X. Say that three times fast. Uh, Microsoft <laughs> actually came out, I think it was just today, uh, at the time of recording. They have announced that they have already sold through their first round of pre-orders. There will obviously be more. But that this console has been pre-ordered more than any other Xbox console to date. Which I think is very interesting. They yeah. haven't shown the exact number of that. So it's possible that the other Xboxes didn't get pre-orders this quickly. Which would make sense because like, who the fuck would have pre-ordered the original Xbox? Right. Based on how shitty that console was and how soon the 360 came out after. I could imagine not a lot of people pre-ordering the 360 right away. And we certainly know that the Xbox One didn't set the world on fire once pre-orders opened for that because of the PS4, all the language around E3, etc. So it's possible that it's like it's the best of the worst performing pre-orders. <laughs> but um, I did not figure this would sell well at all based on Me neither. The, like, the target audience which is like people who really care about the tech and the graphics and have money to burn. And considering that Microsoft has no fucking games coming out, which is another also part, that. which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but additionally to the Xbox One X pre-orders, you can also now pre-order the SNES Classic. Oh, wait, no, you can't because it's sold out because of course it fucking <laughs> is. Because fuck you, Nintendo. Not that I was going to pre-order one, but dear Lord, that thing sold out in like a day. Yeah. Like, why? It was why? 16 seconds, I think, on Walmart.com. I don't understand. They would make so much fucking money. Yeah. Ugh, they're so frustrating. <laughs> so, hope you're, you know, if you were going to pre-order the SNES Classic, maybe pick yourself up an Xbox One X. It's the hot holiday item. Maybe these wholesalers actually work at Nintendo and they're buying up their own stock and reselling it for exorbitant prices, and that's oh, you know why that's Nintendo isn't actually making more of yeah. them. Yeah. You know like you're going to see SNES Classics for like $800 on eBay once that thing totally. comes out. Unfortunately. Um, so speaking of the Xbox One X and how Xbox has no games, Crackdown 3, the big fall release for Microsoft, has been delayed in 2018. And can't say I'm super surprised. I was never, like, head over heels excited for this game in the first place. I liked Crackdown 1. It was a good time. I didn't think it was amazing. Crackdown 2 was not that great. And so I was kind of like, I don't really care that much about Crackdown 3. I'm certainly not going to buy an Xbox to play it. But excited for the people that are excited. Excited for people to actually have an Xbox One game to play. And especially, it seemed to be making decent use of the increase in power for the Xbox One X. Well... Because they're trying to get more power out of the Xbox One X and from the general feedback from E3, which was like, this game doesn't look that great visually, uh, they've delayed it into 2018. So now, let's just take a look. Here are the remaining Xbox One exclusives for 2017. So Tacoma just came out recently. We'll count that. Cuphead comes out in September, which I'm very excited for. 
but it's an indie game like Tacoma. They also have Super Lucky's Tale, which was announced at E3, which is like a throwback 3D platformer. Not sure how I feel about it. Looks interesting. Want to see more? Players Unknown's Battlegrounds is coming to Xbox, which I'm sure will set the world on fire. The game's a fucking phenomenon on Steam. I'm sure it'll be really popular on Xbox. And then Forza 7, because they have to put out a racing game every year. And then in addition to those um, five games, they have nothing. <laughs> so those are like the only exclusive games that they have coming out the rest of the year, which is like super lacking, if you're asking me. What is crazy is... Once I saw that list and I was like, wow, there are no exclusive games. Like, why would anyone at this point buy an Xbox One? Because the back library isn't or already isn't that strong. So, like, right. wh- what's coming in the future? Like, why do I care to buy one this holiday? And so I was like, let me look at the PS4 list because I'm sure they got some more hot bangers on the PS4 list. So that list is Knack 2 coming out next month. Utaware Nermuno Mask of Truth. <laughs> Why don't you try I, that I'm, again? <laughs> no, dude, I don't know how to fucking pronounce it. It is Utaware Rumono. There you go. Mask of Truth, which is an Atlas published JRPG that has already come out in Japan that they're bringing to the West. There is another JRPG that they're bringing to the West called Blue Reflection. There is Danganronpa 3, which is another Japanese game that they're bringing to the West. There is Gundam Versus, which is another Japanese game they're bringing to the West. <laughs> there is Yakuza Kiwami, which is a remake of the original Yakuza, which already came out in Japan, and they're bringing it to the West. There is the DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn, which I'm kind of counting as a game because it's going to be a big uh, release. And Gran Turismo Sport. And that is the full list of PS4 games coming out the rest of the year. So that doesn't look that much better than the Xbox One, if you're asking me. Yeah, I'm confused as to why anyone would buy a console right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and like to be fair, the PS4 lineup this year has been amazing in terms of exclusives. Yeah. Like, yeah. there are, like, ten, like, really solid nine to ten scoring games that are ps4 exclusive this year so like they at least have that going for them but i was shocked to see how few exclusives that sony had and and also to be fair i'm gonna count the lost legacy since that literally just came out which is a big release that at least i would be excited about but other right. than that it's like gran turismo knack 2 and a bunch of fucking japanese ports still can't so, believe they made fucking knack 2 yep we'll see I'm, I'll, I'll probably play it. I won't play it this year, but like at some point when I get it for $10, I'll play the it. $5 bargain bin. That's what I did for the first snack. I think I got it when it was on sale for like $5. Yeah. And I got it, and it was worth $5. I had I had <laughs> it a was decent time with it. High praise. Worth $5. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to highlight that because, like, especially being that we're both PS4 owners, it can certainly come across as like we want to shit on Microsoft, and while I don't understand some of their business moves, and I find them to be suspect, this piece at least, like this narrative that oh well, Xbox has no games coming out. Yeah, dude, neither does PlayStation. It's true. So, yes, not a great time to be buying a console if you want to buy a console for new games this year. Certainly, the back catalogs are there. There are lots of great games that are supposedly coming out in 2018. We'll see how many of them last in 2018. Yeah, we'll see. But at least for the rest of this year, pretty fucking weak lineup on either end. Yeah. Nintendo Switch, but on that, the other in hand. In terms of exclusives. 
Yes, 100%, in terms of exclusives. I'm, t- uh, like, buying one console versus the other. There's right. not a ton of argument there, one way or the other. But the Switch has Mario Odyssey and Rabbids. Just those two games alone knock either of these Microsoft or Sony lineups out of the water. It's fair. Uh, beyond that, uh, uh, Gamescom has been happening, and so there has been some, like, new gameplay demos, some you know, announcements, not a ton of stuff, but one of the games that was announced is called Biomutant, which is being made by, they're saying they are quote-unquote former Just Cause devs, so who knows if the whole team worked on Just Cause, or it's like one fucking dude yeah, it that could just made be a one, hat, who, who is now the lead producer, I don't know, like, that kind of like, X developers from your favorite game are making a new game, usually doesn't mean dick, but... They put out a like announcement trailer, and so the whole game it's it basically it's Rocket Raccoon the game. Yeah, plays a little furry dude who's cute and badass, snarky commentary, and he's like shoots guns and has a sword, and it's a kind of it seems like it's a mix open world slash linear RPG. Um, there's it's very action focused, and so when they put out the launch or not launch the announcement trailer. I at least was like, this looks really interesting. Like, this looks cool and unique and very fresh. And then at Gamescom, they put out, like, a really long extended, like, 12-minute gameplay demo. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pass until they change some stuff. It looks really rough. It's, it's it's in alpha, so it's very early. Right. The bigger thing is I just don't know why they chose to show this at all, given the state that it's in. Yeah. Because, like, graphically, it looks really rough, like... A lot of mix, missing textures and low-quality textures. The combat does not seem final. It seems very repetitive. The enemy AI is basically non-existent. They kind of just stand there and wait for you to kill them. Yeah. Like, there is... Like, the UI especially looks very placeholder. Like, it looks like... Like, I, I, I look to me like a Mac UI. Very, like, minimal yeah. and... Uh, like, they're using stock fonts and shit. Like, it just looks very, very unpolished. And there's this really annoying narrator throughout the entire thing. Because it was... I don't know if it's super early in the game or what what they showed. But it's very tutorial-esque with, like... Uh, you get a bunch of quests. And, like, the quest is perform this move on this guy. The next quest is kill this other guy. And so it's not real quests. It's just, like, tasks that you're checking off. And every time you do something, really anything, this narrator makes some comment about it. And it just is annoying. I don't know. Like, the whole thing super turned me off from this game. And I'm not saying, like, it's going to be bad. It's very early, clearly. And so once they show a more finalized version, I'll check back in on it. But it seems baffling to me why they would show this game in this state. Because I've seen a lot of people saying, that trailer looked really cool. But once I saw the gameplay, fuck this game. Yeah. I I agree. I, there were There were a few things in there that were kind of intriguing but the overall presentation and how rough all the animations were that really was i was like boy i need to see this game in like another year yes and hopefully it's still in beta in a year and then we see it the year after you know hopefully that's like a 2019 game because that's what it seems like it should be um so yeah, but I mean the, the concept seems fine. It's almost like Redwall grew up with me a little bit. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, it's very like grungy, like post-apocalypse type world yeah. with like these mutant animals. Yeah, yeah. Um, some other announcements recently. 
Valve announced a new game. And they did it at, I think it was the International Big Dota Tournament. I didn't fucking pay attention. I heard about it afterwards because I'm not going to watch a Dota tournament. But it was like, oh my god, clickbait. Valve has announced a new game. Turns out that game is called Artifact. And it's a collectible card game based on Dota. So, pass. Like, when (laughs) I heard about that, I was like, the only way I could be less interested in this game is if it also had, like, a fighting game component. Like, collectible card games and MOBAs, literally the two video game genres I care about the least. I agree. So this is very clearly, like, Valve trying to get in on that Hearthstone money. 100%. Can't blame them for doing it. It's just like, really, Valve, you're going to announce a new game and it's a fucking collectible card game based on your MOBA? Like, ugh. Well, and the way they revealed it, was like yes. we have a new game to show you, did it? And well, they, like, yes, and it, yeah. I and don't think the artifact. language. I don't think it was like a new IP. I don't think they they said it was a new IP, but they said like a new game for them. And the, yes, this is a new game for them. But it's like it it felt like it was going to be a like a brand new game, not even like a Portal Three, a Left 4 Dead Three, but like a brand new IP kind of game. And right. it is not. That. And so like like you can. You can feel everyone. I watched the video. You can like feel everyone like tense yeah. up, and then artifact collectible card game, and the whole place just collectively. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad. It's too bad. I yeah, don't think no. we're ever gonna get a legit game out of them ever again. Unfortunately, nope. why would we? Right, by by legit game, I mean a game I'm interested in. I realize Dota's a legit <laughs> game. Whatever. Eh. Uh, Gearbox has also announced a new game that is currently in closed beta. I got an invite to this. I haven't filled it out. Um, I probably should before they like close it up. But it's called Project 1v1. It is a first-person shooter with collectible card game elements. Which, again, could give two fucks about that shit. But because it's Gearbox, like I would at least look at it and try it out. Didn't you say... Did you get into the beta for this? Um, I... Uh, submitted like my email to it, so I, I never got, got the code thing. Okay, yeah, I, I should probably check on that and just see. And obviously, it'll be on PC, so I'm gonna suck ass at it if it's first person shooter. But um, I don't know. That's not the type of game I want them to be making either. Especially after Battleborn did not set the world on fire. You'd think they would just focus 100% on Borderlands Three because that's like a sure thing hit. Yeah, you'd think. Well, maybe they don't need the money right now. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Possible. There's also The Amazing Eternals, which mm-hmm. is a new free-to-play hero shooter from the Warframe developers, uh, Digital Extremes. Uh, and that also has card game elements. So you set up Jeez. like a loadout at the beginning. So like in my head, I was combining these two games, but they're two very different games. The Amazing okay. Eternals is very much like a 70s board game aesthetic. Like the characters are very like early high concept sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. and like very adventure kind of thing um, and that's that's very much the presentation you can go to amazingeternals.com and you can like totally see the style of it uh, which it's kind of, it's a cool style that I haven't seen anyone else do which is hmm. which excites me but it's it's a hero shooter just like Overwatch um, but you set up like loadouts for skills and stuff with card decks before the match, I don't know how okay. that translates to gameplay. 
I don't know yeah. that you do any card related stuff during the matches, but like that's how you do your loadout stuff. Sure, um, sure. That I, doesn't I, sound as no. collectible card gamey. No, yeah. no, no. Um, there's a closed beta coming up on the 29th of August, which, depending on when this goes up, may have been yesterday. So, if you're hearing about this late, you might Check still out be able to get amazing it. Eternals.com, I guess. Yeah. Which I will do, because I had not heard of this until you brought it up. It has a cool presentation. And, because I, I, I checked out Warframe back, because it, it was free on PS4, and I checked it out and was kind of like, eh, not really for me. But you you liked it more, didn't you? Like, you played yeah, it fairly, yeah. Like, and really? I sem- semi-recently went back to it and played it for a while too yeah um here's a game that i actually am excited for after seeing it announced jurassic world evolution so this is by the team that made zoo tycoon roller coaster tycoon games and it is exactly what it sounds like it's you know zoo tycoon but in jurassic world so you're making your dinosaur park and shit goes bad and you're having to build things and like that just sounds super fun. Like it take taking that core gameplay and putting it in Jurassic Park sounds like something I want to do. Yeah, that sounds really rad. I'm into it. Yeah. Yep, yep. And the trailer is fun too cuz it's like follows the T-Rex escaping and yeah. killing dudes and like you're trying to, you know, send a helicopter after him to take it down and that kind of stuff. So, seems fun. Um beyond big announcements, there were some other uh updates that happened so no man's sky had a big update that that came out uh it uh, added to the base building piece which came out in a previous big update and also they kind of added an additional story component to the game which i'm interested in yeah um i still have not even played no man's sky at all i bought it several months after it came out because i got it for sale for 40 bucks i wish now i wouldn't have bought it but it was like a once I heard everybody shit-talking it, like, I, I didn't, I don't know. This is, like, a whole topic for another thing about No Man's Sky. But <laughs> I feel like people, yes, could Sony and Hello Games have been more upfront about what the game was? Yes. But I think a lot of why people were disappointed is because they themselves were expecting the game to be something other than it was and something other than it was ever marketed to be. Like, they never said that it was this big multiplayer game. They never said that. And yet people afterwards were like, wait, where's the multiplayer? Why doesn't this have multiplayer? And it's like people make up what they want a game to be in their head, and then they're disappointed when it's not that game, even though it was never trying to be that game. Right. But anyway, it's a whole other rant for another day. But because of what people had said about the repetition, there's just not a lot there. And knowing that Hello Games was going to try to support the game and keep building on it, I was I was like, I'll wait. And now it kind of feels like a good time for me to jump in now that there's a little bit more of a story piece. And it's like a lot of the bugs have been kind of taken care of and that kind of thing. So I may like pop that in in the next couple of months and just see. Because I literally haven't touched the game ever. Yeah, I, I re-downloaded it and put it back onto my backlog list on Steam. So I, I definitely want to uh, see what all the new fuss is about because it, it, yeah. it seems like there's maybe finally enough to keep me engaged in what's going on in that game. So we'll just have to see, you know. And they 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 added a pseudo multiplayer component in this update where right like you different players will appear as orbs around you. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think, like, when you terraform planets and stuff, I still don't think that shows up for them. It, it's like it's just a weird thing. Um, yeah. 
It, it just seems like with their infrastructure, they just they don't have the means to create the multiplayer experience that people want from it. So right. um, I kind of gave up that hope a while ago. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested in kind of just, just seeing what it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the whole base building thing seems interesting, but the whole point of the game is keep moving, keep moving, the exploration. keep moving. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if they are doing enough to justify. And I know they have like they they have ways for you to like portal back to worlds now. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if if that's going to be enough to make it. If it's going to be convenient enough to be able to return to a home planet, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 definitely curious to check it out. Um, additionally, this is kind of a weird one. Um, Square Enix and Ubisoft have announced that they're working together and combining Assassin's Creed and Final Fantasy. So it's not like a new game or anything, but there will be new free DLC for Final Fantasy 15 coming out on August 31st that kind of puts some Assassin's Creed stuff into it. So there's a town in Final Fantasy 15. I could not begin to tell you the name of it, but it basically, there's like an Assassin's Festival. Where you get like Assassin's Creed outfits and Noctis can climb around the world like uh, like uh, an assassin could that kind of thing. So it's very like surface level integration. It's not like a new like you're not really doing a bunch of new stuff, but interesting collaboration between these two. It doesn't make any sense. I don't it's know very why. Weird. I think it came because like two executives met. And they just started talking about it, and then this has just happened. I believe Uh-oh. that's the origination of this. Like that two makes more execs sense, at those at those places, like talk to each other. And we're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did did, did did this thing? And then now it's actually happening. It's just fucking. I don't. I mean, Final Fantasy 15 is a bad game, anyways. It is. So it's not like it I'm gonna play it. It is a bad game. But... Yeah, unfortunately, Oy. it is. Like a bad this game. is not gonna make it any better. <laughs> well, no, and it's very like it's like the Destiny events that they would do around like Halloween. Yeah, like yeah. it's not really adding anything meaningful, but it's free. Like for people that are still playing the game and enjoying it, it's just, like, it's there's so nothing strange. Wrong. It feels it feels like an MMO event. Like it, yeah. it feels yeah. like a timed MMO event, but they're putting it in, in an open world game. single player RPG. Yeah. Very bizarre. That um, is weird. I hadn't thought about it from that angle because obviously in Destiny yeah. it makes more sense because it's. MMO adjacent, where right? You're actually interacting with other people, other real people in in that in that universe. Yeah, that is weird. It's strange. Um, in more confusing news, they put out a new trailer for Middle Earth: Shadow of War, and in this oh, trailer, right. they introduced Shelob. Shelob, uh, in case you don't remember, the giant spider from. Lord of the Rings, that uh, almost kills Frodo. Uh, Sam, you know, fights her, gets her back, blah, blah, blah. She's going to be in Shadow of War, which sounds, like, pretty cool. Like, oh, is she going to be a boss that you're fighting? Do you go have to, like, is there a hole where you're going into this cave and you're fighting a bunch of giant spiders, like a whole thing? No, because she's a hot chick in Shadow <laughs> of War. Shelob, the Tolkien character that is a giant spider, is... A like young woman, human woman, in this game. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing at that studio? I don't know, man. At least what? it's like, not. What? It's at least it's not an Assassin's Creed town. <laughs> <laughs> that that would make more sense. 
Because there is Put climbing. Ezio. Put Ezio in Shadow of War. Fine. Yeah. But to turn a spider into like a young, attractive woman? Why? Like, and they, I mean, I, I, I didn't love Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor in the first place. Like, I thought it, there were a lot of aspects of it that were fine, but it was so derivative of so many other games like Assassin's Creed right. that I was just like, I don't give a shit. The Lord of the Rings was enough to hook me into it, but I thought the way that they told the Lord of the Rings story was actively the worst thing of that game. Yeah. And so this yeah. just seems like more of that. Like, I already wasn't super interested in Shadow of War because I didn't think Shadow of Mortar was that good. Um, not not that good. That's that's a bad way to phrase it. I'm sure it's a fine game. I didn't enjoy it that much. But this kind of stuff just turns me off even more. Like, I just, I have no interest in this game. If this is the kind of thing that they're going to do with that lore like if that's why is this a lord of the rings game really yeah there, there, there's like zero this, reverence for the source material yes if you're just gonna shit all over the source material make your own fucking ip right it's 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 kind of frustrating yeah i agree um i cause i had not seen that until i yeah. looked on this sheet and i when i was watching <laughs> the trailer and that happened i laughed out loud and <laughs> like I could not that oh I just it's so weird so it's just why I don't understand it okay. feels it feels kind of dirty like in what way like okay so like she's a giant spider but then she like shadow mist transforms into like a human soul witch thing okay Mm -hmm. but then like they make her like this young attractive shapely woman like that's what they do with the character of shelob and like i can't have a boner for a spider dude (laughs) it's not how it works don't confuse my genitalia please (laughs) i mean if you're getting boners over video game characters that's a whole other conversation fair point we'll save that for another day um, or not. Moving in, <laughs> <laughs> moving into the uh, world of movies. This is something that normally wouldn't rate as like news to talk about, but it's Star Wars related, so you better fucking believe we're going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, Disney has come out and revealed two new ships that are going to be in the Last Jedi. Again, for people that don't care about Star Wars, you're like, who gives a shit? Me. That's who. <laughs> so there is uh, the first one's called the ATM Six. It's like a bigger, badder AT-AT, Adat Walker, and it's got like this big cannon on it, and it like where the AT-ATs were like really um, plodding, like they like walk awkwardly. This one they have has they have described it as moving in a more simian fashion, where like I'm making hand movements that Kyle <laughs> can see, but no one else can. Like like if you okay, here here's something for you to try at home for funsies. So, like, do, a, like, a cat hiss thing with your hand, like a kitty claws, like a with your wrist, like how you flick your wrist. That's the kind of movement that this, this thing has. Like, it has uh, oh, um, articulating wrist, I guess, like, on, on its hooves as it walks. Go look, go look at pictures of the ATM-6, so I'm not fucking describing it to you over a podcast. Also, you said simian. You could have just said, like, ape-like movements. Yeah, but it's not it it looks different than straight up like you would think a gorilla moves like on its like fists. It looks different. 
Okay. Just fucking trust me on this. All right. All Don't right. make me edit this shit out. Uh, they also um, revealed what is called the Dreadnought, which is like a new Star Destroyer type of ship. But it's like twice as big. It looks more like the Super Star Destroyer that Vader always rode around in. Yeah. And it looks, it just looks fucking hardcore. It looks awesome. But the bigger thing that I wanted to just like bring up to pay attention to. So they're also doing this kind of like ARG mysterious social media marketing thing leading up to Force Friday, which is on September 1st. And on that day through this ARG, they're going to be revealing a new character for The Last Jedi. I don't know if this is like a brand new character, but the thing that made, because like the whole thing is, Excuse me. They're they're like building up to this, like it's this big reveal. And so if it's just some random new character that we've never heard of before, like that doesn't mean a whole lot. So what if this is how they announced that Lando was going to be in the Last Jedi? Oh, that would be pretty awesome. That's that's where I would lean, and I think it would be very cool because like they straight up haven't mentioned anything about Lando in the last movie, and Billy Dee Williams certainly hasn't ever said anything about being in the new movie, so true. I think this would be a fun way to reveal that he's in there. That would be cool. If he ever is. They, they can't go all three of these movies without ever mentioning him. Even if he's not going to appear, they have to at least like give us some sort of update on Lando. Right. He's a fan favorite. Uh, okay, so there ha- there's been a lot of talk about the DC Expanded Universe movies. So, want to throw some stuff out there, clear the air, because there's been a lot of confusion. Uh, several days ago, the director of the standalone Batman movie, in an interview, said something to the effect of, this movie's going to be standalone, and people took that as meaning it exists outside of this DC Cinematic Universe, like, it was it was going to have nothing to do with any of that stuff, or even, like, Batman vs. Superman. It was going to be, like, a totally different movie. And he's clarified and be like, no, dude, like, that's not what it is at all. I just mean it's going to be standalone. Like, I'm not going to have a bunch of cameos. Like, The Flash isn't going to be in it. Aquaman's oh, okay. not going to be in it. It's going to stand by itself. And so, just to clear the air on that. However, there have also been a bunch of rumored leaks about upcoming DC movies. One of which is... A Joker origin story movie, not starring Jared Leto, as a completely different take on the Joker that ha- that is outside of the DCEU. So it'll be completely separated, completely different characterization, completely different actor, and also apparently uh, Martin Scorsese is producing this, which seems so fucking bizarre to me. What? Yeah, I, I don't What is going on understand. over there? This has not been confirmed, but it's like from a quote-unquote reliable sources or whatever that this has come out. And it's just is like piling on top of piling on top of piling right? when it comes to Warner Brothers and the DC U- Cinematic Universe. Because it's just like those movies have by and large been bad. Men of Steel wasn't great. It was fine. Batman vs. Superman was terrible. Suicide Squad was maybe even more terrible. Yes. Wonder Woman was very good. But it's like, I have zero faith. Justice League also looks bad. I have zero faith in anything coming out of DC in terms of movies in the future. So I get why they might want to splinter things and have some just different... like Because like Joker's a super popular character, but by and large, people fucking hated him in Suicide Squad. I'm certainly on that boat. Yeah. Like, if I do not want to watch a standalone Joker movie with him as his Joker that was in Suicide Squad. No Fuck thanks. that movie. 
So I get why they would want to do something different and bring in somebody on like Scorsese adds a lot of um, like legitimacy to something like that. It just seems so weird. So I have a list of all the DC movies that are quote unquote in the works. So these aren't, they haven't like officially been announced and have release dates. They don't necessarily have actors or directors or even writers attached. Some of them may completely fall apart like the um, Inhumans movie did that Marvel was doing and now have turned into a terrible ABC show. So Kyle, to, to make this a little more interactive and fun versus me just like reading a list, I'm going to give you the name of the movie and what we know about it so far and give me your excitement level on a scale of one to 10. 10 being, I want to see this movie tomorrow. So first, uh, coming what, out this what year... What would a 1 be? 1 would be... Um, how you feel about Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay, I can tell you right now, all of these are probably going to be 1s. Let's do it anyways. <laughs> okay. So this year, uh, I believe in November, we have the Justice League movie. Uh, directed by Zack Snyder. Currently in reshoots under the tutelage of Joss Whedon. Where are you on this Justice League movie coming out this year? Okay, Joss Whedon. Um, for Joss Whedon, I will give it a three. That's about where I am. I, I think it looks bad. Um, I will probably end up seeing it in theaters um, to have that like big screen experience. But sure. I have zero hopes. Zero hopes for the movie at all. But like, it is one that I at least will see because it is the Justice League. So what about... Next year, we're getting Aquaman being directed by uh, James Wan, who up until this point has been known for directing a bunch of what I consider to be modern shitty horror movies like the Saw franchise and I think like Insidious, those kinds of movies. He is directing the Aquaman movie. Where are you on that? Can I go lower than a one? It, it was a one. I didn't know that about the director. Yeah, because my thing about it is what they've shown. Mm, no, I can't even say that. I was going to try to make a positive because that initial reveal of Aquaman in Batman versus Superman, when Bruce is just like watching YouTube clips of these guys in yeah. the most like fucking cliched way possible, it felt creepy. When you saw him like underwater and it was like this underwater camera and he kind of like shoots it away. Like it felt otherworldly and kind of like scary a bit. And like I was like I could get down with that. Like a creepy underwater Aquaman movie. Like that sounds pretty cool. But the fact that the dude directing it I think has made bad horror movies. And what we've seen about Aquaman since then. Which he's essentially just like he's a fucking bro. He's Thor from Water. But with worse writing. That's like a tough the stuff bar. That, the stuff I've seen with Aquaman in the Justice League trailers, like it is painful. Painful. So I'm at like a two. I would be a one, but I'm a two simply because it feels like it'll at least be more of a genre piece, which I think could at least make it interesting. Okay. After that, we have Shazam, which is... They can't call it Captain Marvel because uh, for obvious reasons. But it's based on the character Billy Batson becomes Captain Marvel in DC. He's this, like, wizard superhero. He's basically Superman, but with magic. 
and Dwayne the Rock Johnson is playing the villain who is Black Adam, who has similar powers to uh, Captain Marvel or Shazam, whatever they're going to call him in the movie. What about this one? Um, because of the Rock, I will say a five. Yeah, I was going to say five as well. He's very watchable, very easy. He doesn't always do good movies, so there's no guarantee this will be good. And it's been in development for a really long time. But I will at least um, like looking at The Rock. <laughs> sure. He, he will at least make it entertaining yeah. in a way that most of the other people that have been in the DC movies at this point have not been able to. After that, Wonder Woman 2, which, again, being directed by Patty Jenkins. I know you haven't seen Wonder Woman, the first one still, but how right. would you feel about Wonder Woman 2? You know, if all right, I, I have to base this off of what I've heard of the first Wonder Woman, so I will say like an eight or nine because I would like to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm in an eight. I I thought Wonder Woman, and that's about how I felt after watching Wonder Woman. It's a very solid action movie, easily the best DC movie. But I thought I think people get a little carried away because the female empowerment part, which is very cool, but like doesn't really mean a lot for it being an actual movie, and just people being happy that it was a good DC movie. So I get all that, but for me it was just it was a solid eight, which is how I will feel about Wonder Woman two. Assuming that is that the rumors of it being taking place during the Cold War are true, if it is a modern day Wonder Woman movie that exists while the other DC things are happening, it's like a six because I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. Sure. The the farther removed this movie is from what's happening in the DC EU, the the more excited I am. Then we have Cyborg, which we don't really know that much about. Just what we've seen of Cyborg thus far. He looks really dumb, so I'm going to say one. Look, Yeah, looks so dumb. One. Don't give a shit. Green Lantern Corps, which apparently I thought they would make this starring Jon Stewart to have another leading black character in this world, which I would be in full support of, and making it help. Separate from the old Green Lantern movie, which starred Hal Jordan. But apparently this movie will be both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart being written by David Goyer, who wrote and directed Batman vs. Superman. And according to him, the vibe he's going for is lethal weapon in space. Scale of 1 to 10. Scale of 1 to 10. Lethal Weapon Lethal Weapon in Space um, Written by the guy that wrote Batman vs. Superman 1 to 10 Oh boy Take your time <laughs> Ooh um, Can I phone a friend? <laughs> That's a tough one uh, Yeah, phone me Let me tell you I'm at a 2 <laughs> It would it would 100% be a 1 If it wasn't Green Lantern Green Lantern is one of my favorite superheroes. Assuming we get to see the larger Green Lantern core, because this movie's called Green Lantern Core, that will at least be fun. Like that, for as bad as the 2011, I think it was, Green Lantern movie was, seeing all these characters that I've been re- seeing in the comics for years was at least fun. Yeah. So I will give it a two. I'll give it a one. Um, after that, we have Justice League Dark. Are you familiar at all with Justice League Dark from the comics? No. So it's a bunch of, like, C and D-list characters that are all magic users. So, like, Blue Devil is one of them. I think Zatanna was on the team for a while. I don't remember a lot of these guys' names because I was never, like, super into it. But there was another character who is, he's a talking chimpanzee who is a detective and wears a similar cap to Sherlock. 
which all that sounds pretty awesome. And he was a very cool character. He smokes. He's he's cool. But so uh, it's just or, um, Beyond Good and Evil too. <laughs> yeah, basically. But like the whole thing is it's these are it's the Justice League, but like magic users. Okay. Um, and so with this one, originally Guillermo del Toro was attached to it. He has hmm. since left the project. And so it's been in kind of like rewrite hell. So this is probably one of those ones that I wouldn't be surprised never happens. Um, but for me, I'm like a six on this. Uh, I'm low on it simply because I don't have a lot of faith in the direction of DC. But like, I liked those characters when I saw them in like, because they would come in a lot during like the big DC events. Like years and years ago when there was um, Infinite Crisis and uh, Countdown to Infinite Crisis and New, or not New 52, but Countdown to 52 or whatever it was. They were a really integral piece and in all that stuff happening with like Dr. Fate and stuff. Okay. Um, and so I like those characters like that band of characters together. They're cool. And it feels very separated from the other DC stuff. So I could see it being okay. I, I, you know, four arbitrarily (laughs) assigning a number that is not a good one. Then we have the flash, which Jeff Johns has said will be based on his flashpoint storyline in the comics. So, somewhat dealing with, like, multiverse kind of stuff, which sounds interesting. What I've seen of whatever the dude is that's playing Flash, I'm not sure I'm in love with the characterization of it. This one's, like, a five for me. I know at this point, like, hopefully we're moving beyond Zack Snyder's heavy influence over these. So, maybe by the time these movies actually happen, like, 2019, 2020 and beyond, I feel better about them. But it's just hard for me to look past what we've gotten so far in terms of the characterization of a character like Flash. Yeah, I have no affinity for even the comic book version of the Flash. And from what I've seen of the two versions of Flash that currently exist in the um, cinematic universe slash TV universe, um, I'm going to give this one like a two or three. Okay. Then there's Justice League 2, which is a one for me. Yeah, it's a one. <laughs> and then we will have a another Superman movie, which it's like a five. I, I'm like, I'll watch it. I don't think Henry Cavill is very good as Superman. I think he's pretty boring. And other Superman movies haven't been awesome. Uh, although to be fair, I'm not sure if Zack Snyder is directing this one. If he is, it's like a three. I just I don't want to see him as Superman again. So I'm yeah. just gonna say one. <laughs> Suicide Suicide Squad two is a one. Oh, uh, I okay. I, I'm so sure you agree with me on that. If the first Suicide Squad is a one, <laughs> and you're asking me to rate on a scale of one to ten how much I want to see the second Suicide Squad, <laughs> I have to be allowed to go below one. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you a zero. Okay, thank you. I will assign that a zero. All right, and I'm going to jump down there with you. If those are the rules we're playing by, I'll jump to a zero. Okay. Joker and Harley Quinn, starring Jared Leto as the Joker. I'm going to go with a zero. Um, I'm going to go with a one simply because I would rather watch that than Suicide Squad two. Fair. That that is a totally <laughs> valid argument. Totally yeah. valid argument. 
I'm not sure that I would rather watch it than Suicide Squad 2. Okay. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna make them tied at zero. Alright. Um Gotham City Sirens, which is another one that may be on the chopping block, because it was supposed to come out and has now been pushed back to make room for this Joker Harley Quinn movie. So this would theoretically star Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy were like the main three Gotham City Sirens. Feelings on that? Uh five. Really? Why is that? Why, why sure. so much higher? Is, those are characters I haven't seen much of, and they, okay. I've never seen them do... I've never seen them attempt anything actually interesting with them. So I have yeah. to assume that... So As far as the DC stuff goes, I would rather watch movies that are about the D-list characters or the C-list characters... 100% agree. ...than the mainliners, because they've screwed those up so bad. Yes, Yes. That there's at least a totally chance agree. for these to be interesting. So I'll give that one yep. a five. That, that is a fair point. I was going to say three. I'll knock it up to a four okay. where we are right now. Uh, uh, my feelings may totally change once, like, casting starts to come together. Mm-hmm. We know who the director is, who's writing it. Because I look at it, I'm, I'm of two minds. So, like, having these cool female characters who are villains, or presumably in this they will be much like Suicide Squad type characters where they're anti-heroes, sounds cool. But I look at the way that they have characterized the two main female characters we've had so far in DC have been Harley Quinn and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was characterized very well in her standalone movie as a very independent, strong, yet feminine character who was her own person. And I feel like a lot of that was because it was put through a female director's eyes. On the other side, you have Harley Quinn, who I thought was phenomenally sexist portrayal of that character everybody said like tried to like justify it of like she's a free spirit she wants to own her sexuality yeah okay then why the fuck every 15 seconds are we looking at her ass like a close-up ass shot of her yeah i thought the way that they portrayed that character and a lot of that's because of Zack snyder was insanely sexist so if that's the route that they're taking these characters that's a one because I don't want to see them ruin these potentially cool characters. Sure. But if it's the right casting, it's the right writing, the right directing, I could potentially be excited about this. After that, we already have guaranteed we will have a Black Adam standalone movie. Because if you're going to pay The Rock, you're going to pay him for more than one. Um, so this one, I don't even remember what I said for uh, Shazam. Maybe that was a six. This one's probably also a six. Like, yes, I'll watch that. Why not? I don't care. Um, a movie all about The Rock. That's a 10, <laughs> Shay. Okay. I'm going to fucking see that movie. Uh, and so there is also a rumored Nightwing movie, which is another one of my favorite DC characters, to be uh, directed by Chris McKay, who directed the Lego movie. Interesting. I didn't see it. I heard, obviously, a lot of really good things, especially in terms it was of like, good. humor. Yeah. Um, Nightwing is a very, like... Depending on which direction they take it, I would assume he's going to be older version of uh, Nick Grayson. But uh, he is, like, fairly snarky, like, witty, charming kind of guy. Like a, like a Nathan Drake type, I guess. Okay. Um, so that I could potentially be excited for. If, it, if it's a little more humorous than, like, being super dark and heavy like Batman vs. Superman was. So for me, I, because of my love for the character of Nightwing, I'll give it a 7. Okay, I don't have a particular affinity for Nightwing, but you describing it, I'll put it at like a five or six. 
And then there is the Joss Whedon-led Batgirl movie, which to me is an eight. I've never like super duper loved the Batgirl character, but knowing that he's taking the reins of this and he fucking loves Batgirl uh, as a character. So I know he's going to do okay. right by that. So that, that's definitely up there for me as an eight. Okay. Yeah. I'll put, yeah. I'll put down as like a seven. I don't, again, I, I don't have the same affinity for a lot of these characters as you do. So I think my yeah. scores would probably naturally be lower for stuff like this, but yeah, I'll probably do like a six or seven. And then finally, there's that rumored Batman slash Joker origin movie with uh, Scorsese attached to produce. And I read somewhere that the director in talks was Todd Phillips, who did the Hangover franchise, which seems like a really weird fit to me for a Joker movie. But if he's sticking to his normal shtick of like over the top raunchy comedy as the Joker with a totally new take on the character, totally new actor as the character, with Scorsese helping guide it from a story perspective, it could actually be good. I'm gonna and say maybe six. not Ben Affleck as Batman? Presumably, that would make even less sense if Ben Affleck was in it, but it was a different Joker. Yeah, I would, I would assume it would be a different Batman. Okay, six or seven then, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, there have been rumors for a while that Ben Affleck has been wanting out as Batman and that this that this standalone Batman movie was the last one. He's denied those, but he would even if he really felt it. So we'll see what happens. Well, guess what, you Ben? You're not the only the one for that wants out. you out of that part. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like, I don't have any problems with him as Batman. He didn't do enough in Batman vs. Superman for me to know one way or the other whether I liked him. But he certainly didn't, like, blow me away. Like, I certainly was like, oh, he's a great Batman. Yeah. I didn't really have a problem with it. You're nodding your head because you did. <laughs> I, I sh yeah, I thought he was... I was fucking awful. Uh, so, moving on, I wanted to talk about kind of, like, the upcoming games for this year and kind of dive into that. But because we're running so long, we'll save that for another episode and move straight into everybody's favorite segment, the hate of the week. Hate of the week. So this one, this is going to be short because I don't really want to dive into this super deeply because it's a very tough thing to talk about. But it's just been on my mind recently. And that's just how women are treated in American society. And full disclosure, in case you haven't been able to tell, Kyle and I are both white guys. So our <laughs> input on this topic should obviously be taken with a grain of salt. We don't speak for women, nor would we ever say we speak for women. Only speaking to my personal experience and opinions on the situation. So the, the, the reason this came up is I was walking, I was leaving work the other day. And we have a parking deck that's kind of like down. It's not like a basement, like you can see outside, but it's like down below the building. And it's not super well lit. Like, it's fairly dark. And I was leaving a little later than work, so most of the other cars had been gone. And so I took the... I was taking the elevator down with... And I was in the elevator alone with another woman who was around my age. We got out on the floor, and she started walking to her car, which was, like, parked really close to where mine was. So we were walking in the same direction. And I felt the need to 
take a longer path to get to my car so that I wasn't walking behind her because I did not want her to feel like uncomfortable because I've heard from many different women, my wife included, like that that is, that can make women nervous, like to be walking in a parking lot where there aren't a lot of people around and have a guy be walking behind them. Totally get why that would be scary. And so like, I try to be conscious of that kind of thing. And I didn't, I wasn't like announcing myself like, Hey, I'm behind you. I'm a good person. (laughs) I'm not going to do anything. But like, I I wanted to avoid any potential unease on her part. Don't know if it helped or not, or even if she was thinking about that or not. But like, I just, like I, I wanted to do that. And I've done that kind of thing before because I would hate, hate, hate for someone to think that of me because of a past experience or whatever. So anyway, that's just been on my mind and totally not like a, I shouldn't have to do that, blah, blah, blah. But from a perspective of like, it sucks that I feel like I should do that because of how things are. And this happens with my wife too. Like she doesn't like taking our dog out to go to the bathroom at night because like we live back, we live in an apartment complex, but it's like in the woods, there's a big ditch behind us. And like, that makes me a little nervous too of her like taking him back there. And I'm sure like my dog would bark and it would be okay. And I don't really think something's going to happen, but it is a little bit nerve wracking. And I totally get from her perspective, why being alone in the dark might be kind of scary for her. And that's never something that crosses my mind like that. Like I'm right. never worried about some dude coming up on me. Like if I'm, if I'm alone in a parking lot with another man, if he's like a big guy, I, I may have in my head like, Oh, what if he tries to rob me? But for women, like there are a lot bigger, darker implications right. than getting their purse stolen. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a leading question to ask you, but like, what do you like? Does that, does that bring up any thoughts for you, Kyle? Have you had any similar experiences like that or that your fiance has, has spoken about? Um, not from her that she's like explicitly told me that I can think of at least, but I know, um, and this is just like, I feel like theater really helped, like you and I going through the theater program in high school really helped open us up to being more empathetic and sympathetic to different kinds of people and their plights. And we, we think more about what other people are thinking than I believe most people do. Um, mm-hmm. And we are willing and eager to accommodate uh, in those kinds of situations. So, for example, even when I was single, I, I have a friend who, I'm not going to say his name, but he will, like, he just stares at girls. Like, he just, like, he's, like, openly is staring at them, like, looking at them. Not necessarily, like, giving them the once-over, you know, like, the hungry dog eyes. But, like, he he stares at them. And I catch him staring at people. I'm always like, dude, quit staring. Come on, man. And, like, I would always go out of my way, even when I was single, to, like, the corner of my eye, I could see a girl that I think might be attractive... I wouldn't even, like, go to look at her to find out if she was attractive because I didn't want her to feel like she was being watched by yet another weirdo dude. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I feel like I should be able to look where I want to look. And, you know, I certainly could have. But I also, like, I didn't want her to feel like she was being ogled at 
even though I like I would not be ogling at her, I would just be looking at her to like see what she looks like, not necessarily like having all of the dark animal instinct inner thoughts that some men have sometimes. Um, sure. I don't know. It, 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 it's a weird thing to talk about, but yeah, I, I, and I, I still do it, you know, especially now that I'm engaged, but you know, I, I, if I think a woman might be attractive, like in the corner of my field of vision, I will actively not look at her. Like I go out of <laughs> my way not to look at her. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I, I just, I know she gets stared at by people all fucking right. day long and she's gotta yeah. be sick of it. So yep. I don't know. And like, you know, I'll hold the door open for women. And then sometimes I feel like you know, if there's someone else coming, even if it's, kind of past that time where you should really be expected to hold the door open for them i'll let that other person go through too especially if it's a guy because i want to be like look i'm not just holding the door open for you Equal because rights. you're a woman i do it yeah. for everyone you know yeah. and so it, it, it's weird like i i know i don't it's have anything a, it to is prove a, it's a very confusing time like in this yeah because like the gender war has existed for hundreds if not thousands of years yeah like, since we've had an actual society, this, like, men versus women thing has always been a part of our lives. Because men are seen as, like, the dominant gender uh, in in a lot of different ways. And so it's this constant, like, women have to fight for things that men don't have to fight for, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. And, like, I don't know. It's... There are a lot of different scenarios where it becomes very, very complicated. This is just one specific instance where I would... It, it just made me, like... Because I, I have no idea what it's like to be a woman. Yeah. No idea whatsoever. And I never will. And it, it was just one of those moments where I was like, that sucks. Like... The fact... And, and I don't know that she was thinking this at all. But in general, like... The fact that a woman might be scared for her safety with another dude being around like being alone that sucks man yeah because i would never feel that way being alone with another woman i would never feel that way unless she was holding a knife (laughs) that's a (laughs) little different no i could fucking take her (laughs) knife versus bat but uh because and and on the on a similar topic like i've heard from a female coworker of mine stories about like being catcalled before and that's, Ugh. like, a very common... I know, like, my wife's had that happen before. I've never been catcalled. I'm sure there are dudes that have been catcalled. I'm not attractive enough to warrant that in general. But, like, that's not a thing, typically, that women do towards men. It's a very male thing to think that somehow that's what women want, is to be whistled at in public like fucking idiots. Yeah. But, like, that's never something I've had to deal with. And it's just, like... It's weird because I don't understand it, but I, I, I understand it enough to know that it fucking sucks, which is like the most obvious thing in the world to say that, yes, having men like sexually harass you is bad. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's bad. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But anyway, that's just something that's been on my mind and felt like warranted. A ha- it felt like it warranted a hate of the week versus just to simply like. At the intro to the episode, me saying this one thing. It's it's a much larger thing 
that I, you know, I struggle to see an end in sight for this kind of behavior until we really honestly like weed out that yeah, we call mentality in men. Yes. <laughs> that like that that because it, it like part of and this wasn't my experience, as I'm not that kind of person, but this like thing about men that fucking a bunch of women like that's the coolest shit you can do in life. Yeah. Sleeping with a bunch of hot chicks. And I feel like that's not a goal of a lot of women. If it is like, you know, power to them, do what you want. But like I feel like women aren't as obsessed with like banging a bunch of hot guys in their lives. Maybe right. some of them are. I don't know. I can I don't know. Maybe they are. They just don't talk about it. But like that's a big male thing like fucking hot chicks. Right. And so it leads like if that conquest, like I need to conquer this woman, I need to get her, I need to own her. It's that mentality of thinking that you're above that leads to a lot of this. Yeah, it's dehumanizing and objectifying the opposite sex. And that yep. like it's the opposite of empathy. Um Yeah. And it, yeah, that I think it facilitates and fuels a lot of that mentality and causes a lot of problems and just i don't i don't remember like when the first time i was because it's something you're told right that's not instinctual like conquering a bunch of women right or you know whoever you're attracted to Um, some people might argue that it is i'm not saying i'm in that camp but some people might argue that when you look at species uh across all species the job of the male is to impregnate the female for like to keep the species alive that it is an instinctual thing but that's different than um this sense of ownership totally agree uh that's Definitely very that. different like propagating a species and like the act of having sex for re- for population purposes for reproductive purposes that is totally different than sex being used as a means of control and domination. Mm-hmm. Very different. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some species who, during sex, the, it, like the male dominates the woman, but it's yeah, for you, a different you know, reason. Monkey, monkeys are into that BDSM shit. You know <laughs> they are. They tie up all the chimpanzee ladies. Gross. They like the whips. <laughs> fling, fling their poop. And they're, hey, they're close to us, you know? Yep. It imitates our experience cousins um but yeah so i don't mm, that that is that is a tough one to articulate properly but and again especially because like mess up too bad on that yeah yeah because like again we're, we're both guys like it's i'm not gonna presume to like represent women or speak for women but i do feel like being a man I am just as much implicated in what happens in life between men and women. And I feel like I have just as hmm, powerful or as like an important a role in making this conversation and this change happen. Because like if it's just women fighting for feminism, call it what it is. If it's just women fighting for feminism then it's not going to happen because it's one side saying we want this and the other side saying no. Right. Like, you know, that, that there's no, it's not even a compromise, but it's like there's no conversation happening. It's one side versus the other side. Like men need to be a part of that conversation and hopefully represent our gender 
better than the men who would do something to a woman if they were alone in a parking lot. Which, like, I just can't even fathom. But that's a whole other piece of psychology about, like, people, like, someone that would murder another human being. Like, I I don't even understand how you could possibly do that. Someone that would sexually assault someone else. I don't even understand how you could possibly do that. But there are people out there that do it. But, okay, moving on. (laughs) It was much, like, deeper hate of the week than typical. But it's been on my mind. Felt like it was worth at least bringing up. So... Normally, this would be the end of the podcast, but we have our very first email. It's technically a Facebook comment, <laughs> but I'm going to call it an email because that's what we want. If you have any thoughts, feelings, opinions about what we talked about, any questions, send an email to info at com, or you can do what uh, – it's your friend, Kyle. I don't remember what his name was. Aaron. Um, Aaron. What Aaron did where he left a comment – on the podcast and now we're going to talk about it. So Kyle, th- this is actually more of a correction than it is an email yeah. and it was directed at you Kyle cuz you fucked up. I sure so I'm going to let you take it. Um I was confident in my knowledge of the NES and SNES classics feature set. Um it turns out confidence does not equal <laughs> accuracy. Um so this is a comment <laughs> from Aaron on Facebook. Uh, just checked out the new podcast, great as always, but just so you know the NES SNES Classic do not work with cartridges. If they did, I would be way more interested in them. The Genesis Flashback type console by AT Games does play Genesis cartridges, but those things are absolute trash. So, <laughs> first off, thanks for writing in, Aaron. Um, hope yes, you're doing thank well. Thank you. Um, I, honest to God, thought you could put cartridges in them because it looks like you can on the on the top. I th- I, uh-huh. I think. It looks like you can. Um, and now it to has me, that second seemed, guessing controller support, to, it's, too. It seemed suspect to me. Because, like, the whole thing is they're pa- it's, a, it's an easy package thing where they're saying these are the games that you get. It seemed weird to me that you could say, oh, well, I have all these other NES, SNES games and plug it in. But I believed you, man. I'm the sucker here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Fooled you. Um, so, th- um, but this has to be second guessing controller support too, because I was running under the assumption you could just plug in your NES and SNES controllers instead of using their ones that have the cords that are too short. Well, the NES Classic has a Wii nunchuck looking plug port, so for their controller, their new NES controller that they made. Okay. So you cannot use the classic ones. Now the SNES Classic. Looks like it has original plugs, but I saw an image, and I don't know if it's accurate or not, where the front of it, like, opened up, and there are two different plugs in there. So, I don't know Hmm. if you can use your old SNES controllers, or you can't. I cannot speak to that factually. So, I rescind my earlier comments in um, (laughs) deference to Aaron's uh, prowess on the matter. So maybe Aaron Aaron knows and he can leave another comment on this podcast. And Aaron, if you're looking for a job, um, my co-host position has just opened up. <laughs> Must wait, wait, have no, intimate knowledge of SNES cartridge capabilities. Yeah, no, which you should no, please box. don't fire me. <laughs> yeah, so thanks, Aaron, again for uh, writing in and especially for correcting Kyle's fuck up there. I'll be sure <laughs> to bring that up um, whenever I need to prove a point. Wonderful. But uh, like I said, if you have any other thoughts, even corrections too, if you have anything else, send an email to info at chaseeverything.com. And if you're too lazy to do that, be like Aaron and leave a comment. Um, I do want to address one other quick thing before we wrap up for the day because this is something that's come up with a couple different people. 
about expanding our uh, hosts for this podcast, making it more than just Kyle and I. Um, we have talked about doing some like guest hosts here and there. I know like I occasionally would like love to get Kelly, my wife, in on this if there's like a movie to talk about or something like that to get her opinions and thoughts because um, we have a lot of good conversations about things. Long term, at least right now, we're not looking to expand the regular hosts to beyond the two of us. But we definitely, once we get more in the groove of this, once we move beyond, you know, we're in our seventh episode. Once we get more in the groove of posting regularly, getting the format fully down, we'll definitely start talking to people about coming in for, if it's not a full episode, for a segment here or there, getting your thoughts on things. I definitely want this to be interactive. And especially because, like, we're doing this because... We just wanted to talk about shit, so I also want to enable other people to talk about shit. So, um, if you've reached out about wanting to join the podcast and I haven't responded, it's not because I'm trying to ignore you. Um, we're not eminently planning on doing that, but it definitely is something we're open to. So, we will uh, keep talking about that between the two of us. So, that's going to wrap up this episode full length. We're like Lord of the Rings length episode this week. <laughs> Extended um, edition. <laughs> no, dude, that, that would be like five hours long. <laughs> I don't know if my throat could handle that. Um, but hopefully you guys all enjoyed. Thank you, Kyle, for joining me as you take a sip of your grape soda. I just finished it, too. It was the nice, perfect, perfect ending timing. for the podcast. Yes. Yeah! <laughs> That's power move. <laughs> Classy. Yes. Normally people do that with a beer can, but you're going to do it with your grape soda. And <laughs> that has a transformer fine. on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New homeowner, Kyle Castle, crushes grape soda cans. Uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for this week, everybody. We will try to get an episode up in two weeks as normally scheduled. I'm going to be out of town for work a bunch the next couple of weeks, so timing may be a little bit off, but we will absolutely do our best. Thank you all for listening, and uh, peace out. Peace out.